Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Mark Dighton, last night, a reminder to all, as if we need one, Vegas knows all, correct? Yes. Yes, they do. The backdoor late touchdown from the Minnesota Vikings, that made the final score 34-28, Eagles win, and I believe you had the line close at Vikings plus six and a half going into last night Mm -hmm. yeah i had an alternate spread of plus eight and a half so that was nice it was a nice end of the uh end of the game victory for me because it wasn't looking good for my bets yesterday so that was a nice you imagine having the eagles minus seven and just sweating it out like no other there well especially when you see like at one point it's like what 27 to 7 you're like easy money sure easy no 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 vegas Knows all. Good Friday morning to you. I am Kevin Bowen. Obviously, that is the voice of Mark Dykton. Sam Fritz on the ones and twos today. So, myself and Mark leading you into the weekend. I also label this weekend, Mark, as the farmer's market zoo. Uh, Are we too early for apple orchards and stuff like that? Probably a little early on that. No, not if if your wife is Ashley Dykton. I already, already went to a... We went to uh, Fair Oaks Farms like on the way back home last weekend, and we were. I guess you guys were Connor Prairie last doing, weekend too, yes, weren't and you? And we did, yeah, sunflower patch and pumpkin. Yeah, it's, you'll be opening up Stuckies coming up here. Basically, this, the football season starts, and she knows that like Sunday is my day, so she's like, "Well, I got you Friday, Saturday. You better get ready for every Tri County area pumpkin <laughs> patch and orchard that got is on God's green earth." Well, th- this weekend for college football is a pretty bleak slate. So I feel like that's uh, how it's been to start the season. Yeah, but this one especially. Like when you start scrolling through it, it's like, wait, is there a single ranked matchup? I I don't think there is. Yeah, obviously, one. you've got a little bit of um, Deion Sanders and Jay Norvell trash talk. That that that's even like a ten or ten thirty kick coming up on Saturday night. So. Uh, a, a warning or a heads up to all of our listeners out there, um, especially our male audience, uh, tomorrow's a day to take the kids and don't look back mm-hmm. because next weekend is when you have the big, big college football weekend headlined by Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh, we'll get you set for Indiana and Louisville coming up at noon. Uh, Purdue and Syracuse, that is a night game tomorrow night from Ross Aid, among other things. And obviously, Colts and Texans. Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Quentin Nelson was a did not participate in either of these first two practices this week. For what it's worth, Mark, yesterday Nelson was doing some positional stuff off to the side. Um, so I know it was a did not practice in label, but it's not like he was literally doing no activity mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, so I, I would consider that to be a decent sign. Uh, obviously, we'll get final word today on that. But that's probably the big news item for the Colts heading into this final practice of the week. Yeah, it seemed like what Alec Ogletree was another guy who didn't play. Braden Smith weren't, didn't practice earlier, but now they're both at least in limited participation yeah, yesterday. Braden so Smith was full, which yeah. was a good sign after he didn't practice. And then, yeah, Drew Ogletree in the concussion protocol. 
Um, we'll see. He was in a red jersey yesterday. We'll see his status. I again, I'm not. I'll get into it, but I'm not. I'm not too worried about the Texans. And I, maybe the Colts aren't good enough to be not worried about any team. But if you're just strictly talking the opponent. I mean, they didn't get a touchdown last week. They're one of, what, only two teams between them and the Giants that did not get. They had one snap inside the 15-yard line the whole game. One snap inside Baltimore's 15-yard line. C.J. Stroud sacked for an 11-yard loss. Yeah. Stroud, no touchdowns, obviously. Damian Pierce didn't do much of anything. Will Anderson had a pretty good debut, I would say. Yeah, that uh, is the one That is position. the cause of concern, I yeah. would say. I would say that end duo, him and Jonathan Greenard, but offensive line again they're really banged mm-hmm. up it looks like they're going to be without both of their starting safeties and I think that is something that we can touch on today of what do you want to see differently from the Colts and obviously Anthony Richardson in the second start his first road start I point right there Mark no safeties no starting safeties for Houston here coming up in week two that should play into your strengths of trying to challenge you know, an opposing defense down the field, something we did not see at all uh, in the opener. Sam Fritz, how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Thank you for coming out of the bullpen to fill in. You know, I, I, I kept my arm warm. I'm always ready whenever coach needs me. Unlike the Cincinnati Reds as they Oh, you yeah, I was going to ask if you yesterday. wanted to talk about that today. Well, I've, I've never been more thrilled driving in. I'm like, oh, good, Mark is not controlling the board today. Mm-hmm. I also thought we could get a peacock sound uh, if you were controlling the board. Uh, This weekend for Notre Dame, Mark, this is their peacock game. So Uh now they do the one game a year on peacock, basically try to get all the subscribers. So Central Michigan and Notre Dame, that's going to be a little peacock action. Well, that'll do it. If if you've been holding off on signing up for peacock, (laughs) you know what? Central Michigan, Notre Dame, sign me Uh, up. Honey, where's the credit card? You you got some psycho fans out there that will do it. Can't you get the seven-day free free trial action? Yeah, I think you can. Well, as a peacock subscriber, it's only five bucks a month. See? It's it's pretty worth it. Yeah. So if you like IndyCar and Notre Dame, that's that's not too bad. IndyCar, Notre Dame, and Sunday morning baseball. Sunday morning baseball. Yeah, they oh, yeah. have. They have the is this early the 11 a.m. start time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, that is Peacock, isn't it? Let's see. The other big news item yesterday was Andrew Lux coaching football. I saw that. Yeah, Palo Alto. Some of those pictures are outstanding. Oh man, he's got like the caveman beard going and everything. Yeah, the Mercury News had this Andrew Luck helping out with the Palo Alto football team. He's out there a couple days a week. the The article was terrific. Luck, who just turned. 34 earlier this week um in true luck fashion he declined an interview request for the story so the story is more of interviewing the players on the team and the head coach he's out there uh with his wife nicole and their two girls he's going through the master's program at stanford uh, in their school of education the story said that he first reached out to the head coach via email last fall the head coach didn't respond so Luck oh. reached back out to the athletic director in April. Nothing like the old, yeah, um, get the cold shoulder from one, so let me go and rung up on the ladder and see if they um, you know, somehow misplaced my email. Maybe it went in the junk yeah. section of the email there. I mean, I've done that before. I'm not going to lie. No response? Okay, let me go one, one tier higher. No response for Andrew Luck? Yeah. I appreciate you asking, but no, no thank you. <laughs> so Luck is out there. Two practices a week for him. You know, I've always said this about Luck, and I certainly don't want to turn the show into an Andrew Luck and his love of football debate. But I always thought he did love love the game of football. But once the injury started to pile up, 
the sacrifices it takes to play through those injuries. Uh, he struggled in the department of, I think, kind of compartmentalizing those injuries and how much they impacted him as a, frankly, as a human, but in particular, I think, as a new husband and a uh, and a father. Well, and I think just well. also, like, and we're kind of, I think we're going to see this with Aaron Rodgers too, although he says he's going to be back. But I think just knowing how long the road is to recovery and getting back to football shape once that all happens and everything like that, I think. Obviously, with luck, it took a toll. With Rodgers, you're like, well, he's going to be in his 40s by then. Is he going to have the juice to want to, you know, rehab this whole torn Achilles and then get back out there and be ready for training camp next year? I mean, it's just a whole – it is a daunting task because it's tough enough for you know, normal people to be rehabbing injuries and getting back out there. But to be a pro athlete and try to get back out there after some of these injuries, I mean, th- that is a lot of willpower. Gotta love the headline. Uh, surgery went great for Aaron Rodgers. When is this, when have we ever seen the headline? Yeah, doctor screwed it up. We really botched this one. Yep, attached the wrong tendon, and yeah, yeah we're gonna have to go in for another one here. Yeah, we we atta- we did the we fixed the Achilles in the other knee. We we made a mistake. You bring up the Thursday night football game last night, Mark, and and that Philly. I, I don't know. Do we call it the Philly special? I guess we think of that as kind of the Trey Burton, Nick Foles play in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, but. What Philly has mastered with that QB sneak, I think they ran it. They ran at least two times, maybe more, last night. And Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels, I think on the touchdown run, that would have been by Hertz. Um, both of them, like almost in unison, were like, "Gosh, this play is impossible to stop." It is, you know, like how it is can impossible. you? And I'm like, well, I guess they didn't watch the Colts try and run it in Week One. Yeah. And and this gets back to the, and I know this is kind of a hot topic that maybe we didn't hit on a lot early in the week because. Frankly, I didn't have too much of an issue with it. Like some people were really, you know, fed up, disappointed, however you want to describe it, with Shane Steichen's fourth down decision making. And my thinking is when the Colts ran that, their version of it, uh, early in that game on the fourth and inches, it wasn't even a fourth and one, fourth and inches. Like, I mean, don't you just expect your offensive line to get 10 inches you would on that play? Because uh-huh. when you watch Philly run it, it's not like Jalen Hurts and his whatever 600 pound squats is doing the heavy lifting on that play. That is simply your offensive line resetting the line of scrimmage, whether it's two feet, two yards, four yards, whatever it is, they routinely get it. So I had no issue whatsoever in the Colts trying to do that. You would like to think your guys that make an absurd amount of money up front could reset the line of scrimmage and get you a first down, again, on fourth and inches, not a fourth and 36 inches. Yeah, get lower than the defensive line and have your running back give a little nudge, you know, for your quarterback, and there you go. That should be pretty – I mean, yeah, they've mastered it as far as Philadelphia is concerned. Why every team doesn't do that to blind success like they do is beyond me. Every every short yardage, every goal line play, I would be calling that play. And if you can't get it done, then it is, you know, it is on your offensive line and, and your players executing it because it seems like it's impossible to stop. So, as someone that has Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team, obviously, congratulations. Obviously, well, part of me is thinking, why wasn't there more because of the play that ended the first half, or certainly near the end of the first half last night when he fumbles, I guess over the pylon is what it was kind of officially ruled as, and that ended up being a touchback. It's kind of amazing to me that, like, if he fumbles that one yard shorter, it's right there at the one yard line. Uh-huh. 
and the Vikings punch it in, and now all of a sudden they have a halftime lead or what they would have been maybe tied with the Eagles at halftime. I, I, I forget exactly what it what it would have been there. Um, it's crazy the NFL hasn't changed that rule. Like, isn't there an element of you have to possess the football? Like, the Eagles have got to recover it? I mean, EJ Speed forced a fumble on Sunday in the Colts game. It went out of bounds. So what happened? Jacksonville retained yeah. the ball. Like, I, it doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, it's my least favorite rule that I don't know how that the owners' meetings and stuff they didn't they didn't change that rule because it is absurd. It it happens rarely, but when it does happen, it has huge effects on the game. You can make the argument that that call affected the result of the game because had that not happened, it's likely that the the, the Vikings punched in for a touchdown. Final score is thirty five or what was the final score yesterday? Thirty four twenty eight. Yeah, thirty five thirty four. So the Vikings win that game if they are able to punch it in. Is there any part of you that says the end, the end zone is this sacred spot and there should be consequences if you do? Like, the defense is protecting the end zone, and if you fumble it outside of the end zone, then the defense retain or gets the ball. Like, I, I just don't it's get how it turns sacred, into a full whatever. turnover and touchback and all that stuff. Like Without them getting on r- it. Right, right. Without them having any physical contact with it, somehow they get the ball and it goes to the, it's a touchback. That seems absurd. That's a huge swing in possession and, and could outcome, very much affect the game. I don't like it. I don't get how it's still there. I get, you could argue that the two least favorite plays by a lot of people are the Eagles push – with Jalen Hurts play that's still implemented and not illegal. And then that fumble in the end zone that turns into a touchback turnover uh, is also implemented. And both of those were in full display yesterday on Thursday Night Football. So do people, is it the bigger issue of like they're pushing Hurts as well? Like it's the Bush push? Yeah. It's like DeAndre Swift's coming out and just giving a shove even more. God, he was great last night. He was outstanding. Uh, he was on my bench on fantasy football, unfortunately. But yeah, I think it's that as well, where it's it is impossible because not only do you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who's already strong to begin with, but then you have another two hundred plus pound running back shoving him in the back even more uh, on an offensive line that's getting as low as possible to the ground, so just like falling forward and defensive lines can't stop it because you're like I'm already having to get through this offensive line now. You've got another guy coming back with assistance from a running back it's it's very difficult to stop so uh, charles adds the end zone fumble rule and the spot foul on pass interference both need mm-hmm. change yeah defensive backs they are certainly on an island when you chuck one up down the field and they do commit that pass interference nfl is different than college yeah. college it's you know 15 yards once you get uh, past the 15 yard point we saw that yesterday too where there was a it was an offsides on the eagles and kirk cousins just dropped back and threw it as far as he could to justin jefferson just hoping like hey maybe there'll be a pass interference call instead it's a free play didn't get it but i mean if you're a defensive back it is just almost impossible to to try to stop the ball without getting a yellow flag thrown in your direction he is mark dykton i am kevin bowen again sam fritz is with us should be a really nice fall night here for week five of the high school football season greg reichstraw going to join us at eight o'clock we've got uh, east side versus west side tonight that will be the warriors of warren central against the giants of ben davis you can hear that on these airwaves coming up at seven o'clock uh, voice of the colts matt taylor will join us at nine. Again, we'll look deeper at this week two matchup for the Colts and the Texans. Anything to monitor injury report wise that could favor one side or the other. I think if you are a fan of the Indianapolis Colts, there are a couple things to be foaming at the mouth about this matchup 
on Sunday, including a member of the Texan staff who, uh, frankly, it amazed me he kept his job for as long as he did with the Colts last season. So we'll get into all of that on this Friday morning. Thank you for tuning in. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Mark Dykton filling in today for Andy. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Mark Dykton, I just bet on the Colts. Yeah, I, I think you should, given what we've, we've learned in the break. That line has now flip-flopped a couple times this week. Started as Texans, like one, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Flipped around to the Colts. And now, as we sit here on Friday morning, Texans, I'm seeing one and one-and-a-half mm-hmm. uh, on the line there. I don't know if that is Quentin Nelson related. I guess we can start the morning check down there. And Quentin Nelson has missed the first two days of practice this week. Um, was out there yesterday, though. He was doing, I would say, a decent amount of physical activity off to the side. And you know, typically, if a guy's doing that much on a Thursday, considering it's Nelson and in his five-year NFL career, he's really only missed one game, and it was a couple of games due to injury. That was an ankle injury back in 2021. I still think there's a good chance that he plays. And if you look at the injury report, um, it's pretty healthy besides that now that Braden Smith got back to practice, whereas Houston, much more banged up. So, again, that line continues to surprise me. Yeah, if you can get in on Colts plus one and a half or even more, depending how this line goes, you better do it. Because <laughs> that it's crazy. It's flip-flopped that much already. Last night, Thursday night football, speaking of lines, Vegas was all over it. The Eagles do win 34-28. The game ended or I should say the game started with the Eagles right around like a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Pretty crazy game. Justin Jefferson was outstanding, but he did have a big fumble late in the first half. It was the old, probably the dumbest rule of the NFL, of fumbling over the pylon, which turned a potential Vikings touchdown, of course, into a touchback for the Eagles, which then Jake Elliott, was at 61 yards? On that field goal there it was in the a first half? One. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, a huge uh, turn of events there. DeAndre Swift had 175 rushing yards, and now the Eagles mark. They have won 20 of their last 21 games when Jalen Hurts is starting. I think that's pretty good, right? I think that's pretty, good. pretty solid. Yeah. You'd take that any day of the week? Yeah, you would. Uh, Devontae Smith, big night as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, pretty good. And then I left DeAndre Swift on the on the bench, so that was on me. But that's fine. Career high for DeAndre. I'll rebound. Uh, baseball on. scores. Don't look now, but here don't come the red legs. Blowout city. I'm so happy you're not on the board In today. the Motor City yesterday, 8-2. Tigers trounce the Reds. Matt Veerling with a grand slam. Not a good night for your red legs. Rays edge the Baltimore Orioles 4-3. Rangers over the Blue Jays 9-2. Twins route the White Sox 10-2. They want that season over and done with pretty quickly, I imagine. Brewers top the Marlins 4-2. Mets route the Diamondbacks, which was good for the 
good for the Reds, 11 to one there. So as it stands now, the Reds are still sitting. Where Could it get more crowded? It is very crowded. There's, Three teams, right? Tied for the last one. Yeah, and Cincinnati. Well, no, uh, Arizona and Cincinnati tied for uh, tied for the same record right now. Out just outside the outside the position the i guess the giants have the tiebreaker over the two there despite only having yeah, 75 all three wins. are tied the giants would win that tiebreaker right. so, of those three so currently as it stands nl wild card phillies cubs giants diamondbacks and reds odd men out there the and the Diamond, marlins are only half game back and the diamondbacks take on the cubs so a big series you are going to have to don the cubby blue i think this weekend oh, man. Gosh. it might kill you literally you got to be pulling for the cubs i know i know you don't really have a choice. Don't remind me on that. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's baseball there. Also, the Indianapolis Might Indians. Might as well put mayo in the coffee all weekend long <laughs> at go. this point. Will Levis might be suiting up soon, so we, we might have to hold off on that. Also, the Indianapolis Indians top the Omaha Storm Chasers 4-1. to one. Uh, As we look ahead to college football this weekend, again, it is a very weak slate. So as we reminded you in the opening segment, this is Farmer's Market weekend. This is go to the Apple Orchard weekend. Take the kids to the zoo. Because next weekend is a tremendous slate of games. If you're looking at the local angle, Indiana and Louisville, Mark, maybe it's just me. I have heard very too little like marketing around this game. And Zero. I'm talking like IU fans. I'm like, yeah, are you guys going to this IU Louisville game? And they're like, wait, what? They're playing at Lucas Oil? I mean, I get it's Indiana football, but and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Sam, you the same. But I'm like, for a game being played in the NFL stadium in the state capital, I've heard very little I've around this game. I've heard zero radio spots. I've heard I've seen zero TV commercials for it. I've seen zero promotion around the city for it. I've I've, I've heard nothing. Mark like, or Sam, you're a downtown ish resident. Oh, very downtown resident. Yeah. Well, I mean, am I missing something here? I so from an internal perspective, like promoting, marketing, advertising, I have no idea why it's not being you know more heavily promoted. From a fan perspective, I do think a lot of Hoosier fans this year kind of don't know how to feel about their team. You know, I mean, the last couple of years have been such a roller coaster ride of emotions in terms of where you stand in the Big Ten. This year, with things not looking that great, but also you feel like there's some potential and Louisville's going to be this really big test, I think a lot of Hoosier fans are kind of confused as to whether or not they should even be excited about this game. You know, in a way, this, for me, kind of starts the IU season. Ohio State was never going to be a game that you win. Indiana State was never going to be a game that you lose. So now it's like, all right, here you go. And for Indiana and Purdue, both of these games this weekend, Indiana's a 10-point underdog at Lucas Oil against Louisville. Purdue, I think right around the field goals last I saw, with Syracuse at home, these both of these games kind of fall into the category of like if a bowl game is going to be somewhat realistic, these are games that I guess you got to sneak out. If I mean considering that you're both underdogs, Syracuse two and a half point favorite. We'll see, but yeah, the 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 promotion for this game at Lucas Oil Stadium has been non. Yeah, maybe I'm missing something, I've, but I've I'm heard like nothing outside of our show mentioning it. I've heard nothing. Uh, Peacock sounds for Notre Dame this weekend. They are on Peacock against Central Michigan. 34.5 point favorite. This is one of those games. Don't get hurt. Don't lose. Get ready for Ohio State a oh, week you from. You should go do the, half, the locker room speech with that one. Week from. Tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think Marcus Freeman's tone will be a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, tone and message will be a little different than. Uh, Slap the play like a champion sign. <laughs> Come Don't on, get boys. Hurt. Yeah. Let's go. 
Get the backups in there as soon as possible. You leave the room. Who the hell was that guy? (laughs) On the other side, we will get into the Colts and Texans. This matchup, anything in particular to look out for? Again, I think there are several reasons why Colts fans should be optimistic about this one. Uh, We'll explain that coming up here next. Mark Dykton is in for Andy Sweeney. Mason and Nikki Sweeney both doing well. I do like like a little gas nickname. Things are I very much enjoy that one. Progressing little gas is what I will refer to him as permanently. I think Andy is a fan of that. I must say I've not met Nikki yet. I, I, I would think she'd be okay with it. She's married to Andy. I would assume she right? she, she would be all right with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, again, he referenced himself as a gas bag. I would think little gas would be, except, especially for a boy. Put it on a bib. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Uh, yeah. The Bowens have already made a purchase. Uh, there will be a little gas apparel in the Sweeney household here coming up. Uh, All right, on the other side, let's dive deeper into the Colts and the Texans here in week two. You're listening to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Mark Dykton filling in 93.5-1075, The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at at and for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh boy, it's Friday. Mark Dykton in for Andy Sweeney. Kevin Bowen here as well. Lil Gas doing well from what we've been told. Andy Sweeney (laughs) gave me a score and a prediction for the uh, Colts-Texans game. We'll get into that a little bit later. We need something from Lil Gas. I know. Is Little Gas crawling yet? Now, has Max done his his crawl yet? So, the Bone household's been a little busy this week. So, I told Maddie, I was like, uh, if all is calm this morning, could you set up the two helmets? We need Max's week two prediction. He got week week one correct. Uh-huh, so, did. right now, if you're betting with Max Bowen, Head not hard. his crawling to the helmets has earned you, if we did a $10 bet, has earned you a little over $4. Mm-hmm. So, we'll continue to monitor that. So, uh, maybe this morning, but if not this morning, before uh, they're off to uh, daycare, we'll certainly get it done and get it on social media uh, before Sunday at 1. Uh, curious, Mark, your thoughts just either open or related, what we saw and or what you want to see coming up here on Sunday that you know maybe we didn't see in that first game. Well, one of my biggest question marks heading into game two was something I was concerned with heading into week one, and that was the running game. Obviously, without Jonathan Taylor, uh, Deion Jackson didn't do hardly anything, and I think that really hampered offensively what the Colts could do. It hampered what Anthony Richardson can do, because obviously he made the offense pretty much one-dimensional at that point outside of the times that he was able to tuck it and run it. And so can Zach Moss, assuming he goes – be a difference maker can he take some pressure off of Anthony Richardson and make the Texans defense play a little more honest and everything where they have to to respect the run game uh, which they didn't have to do if they were the Jaguars in week one so I'll be keeping an eye on the running game there because honestly if Zach Moss isn't much of a difference maker in the backfield and this is kind of like a repeat of what week one 
I definitely think the Colts have to make a move for running back heading into week three. Yeah, I, again, we're going to have this song and dance with Jonathan Taylor for at least three more games. You know, Sunday would be one of those, and then you're at Baltimore and home to the Rams the next couple of weeks. You know, I'm curious with Moss, um, you know, he, he mentioned yesterday he kind of labels himself as a downhill, one-cut runner. This is not a guy that's going to be dancing in the backfield. He is a he's a power back, while he not might not be the tallest guy in the world. Um, he is certainly built for first and second down, and you know, he ran behind this offensive line late last season. I mean, this was the same, you know, five-man group that he's going to, in theory, assuming Quentin Nelson plays, going to be behind on Sunday. Now, the big difference would be the guy next to him is obviously much more of a running threat than the different quarterbacks he yeah. had next to him last season, but it's also a much different style offense than what you were utilizing last season. Um, you know, a couple things Richardson-related, Mark, I would like to see. And I guess this just kind of goes Richardson and or the offense as a whole. Um, you know, can you stay away from some of the lulls that you saw? In particular, what happened was when you tied the game, you know, early in the third quarter, that's when you had those five straight empty drives. And if you look at week one, the Colts had 14 drives, I think, in the game. Um, 11 of the 14 went for 10 yards or less. Mm-hmm. And then you had the three pretty productive drives, but you really didn't have many drives that were like two first downs and 35 yards, and at the very least, you flip field position. Again, it was very feast or famine. So I think, can you find a little bit more consistency within the four quarters? With Richardson, I am curious slash kind of hoping that Shane Steichen is able to dial up just some deep shots that, okay, we're going to push the ball down the field. The success rate might not be 1,000%, but we need to play to your strengths as a thrower, which is getting the ball down the field. And then, I said this in the opening segment, Houston right now, where they are banged up defensively, is at safety. They are, in all likelihood, going to be without both of their starting safeties in Jalen Petrie and um, Jimmy Ward. And those are, Petrie's a really good player. Jimmy Ward's been a veteran in this league, has been with D'Amico Ryans in this offense. So, I think strength almost matches potential weakness in that aspect to it. So I think that's something that I want to see that we didn't see from Richardson in week one. We didn't see really any shots down the field vertically. The biggest pass play you had was Michael Pittman on a uh, on a catch and run. So outside of running back competence, like you mentioned, Mark, I think those are a couple things that I would like to see. Yeah, taking shots downfield, it also makes the defense have to work a little harder. They can't, they can't just, you know, potentially blitz – regularly and all that stuff. If they see that you're taking some deep shots, like, okay, we have to be mindful of this. Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, or Josh Downs are running free this way. We need to keep an, you know, if they, especially if they're not going to when they have all these backup guys going in the secondary. I mean, you would hope they take a couple deep shots. At worst case scenario, they're incomplete or maybe it's a turnover, but at the very best, you're either connect, you're connecting on those passes or you're getting a pass interference call, and at least you're making the defense play honest football then on, the, on that part. You're giving a deep shot threat that you know, they didn't really see in week one this is one of those games mark where i feel like and and the colts have already hinted at this and again i'm sure that houston as well this is one of those games where a coach like utters the phrase at some point oh man every opponent in this league is tough oh it's a it's a it's a road divisional game you can't take anyone for for granted in this league. i mean that's what this game is oh, yeah. and it is probably for both sides again i tend to think houston 
has got a few more issues than the Colts right now. Their offensive line in particular is banged up. Their O-line coach, Mark, it's not very often that I mention an offensive line coach in a game. Uh, the Houston Texans O-line coach is Chris Strasser. Mm-hmm. He was the offensive line coach here for you know, pretty much the entire Frank Reich era. He somehow, I guess, kept his job throughout the entire offseason, or I should, I should say the entire season last year. And Mark, in a way, obviously Chris Bauer has never said this on record, but let's use context clues. In a way, Chris Bauer and the Colts said that Chris Strasser was the reason for last year's offensive line ineptness. Because personnel-wise, they really didn't make any changes. Nope. It's the same starting five that you brought back from last season. Uh, the big change that you made, obviously Frank Reich was the big, big one. But positionally, Reggie Wayne was the only position coach that you retained offensively from last year. So uh, the Houston Texans offensive line, already on a backup at right tackle, already on a backup at center. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is their left tackle. Um, but this is a unit led by the guy that I think many people would blame his position group for being the root of all of the Colts' issues last season. So I think that is another sign of good news for the Colts in this matchup. Yeah, I mean... Not often I go O-line coach. (laughs) You would hope that the Colts' defensive line can take it to the Texans' offensive line, I guess... We'll see what happens there, but yeah, I, I would like to see that happen. Any any other things off the top of your head that would like you're looking at it week two? Like, can the offensive line, whether Quentin Nelson's playing or not, contain Will Anderson? Because he might be a rookie, he might have played one game, but he was pretty impressive. Yeah, in that he first was. Game. Yeah, and Jonathan Greenard opposite Will Anderson is also a pretty good defensive end. I mean, hell, Jerry Hughes seemingly turns back the clock every time he plays the Colts. He's still in the NFL, which is amazing to me. That is probably the one area that I think you would have somewhat of concern with. Now, I thought Bernard Ryman was really, really solid Mm -hmm. in week one. Obviously, that's one half of your edge group there. But I think this goes back to, I would say, the storyline that was the dominant theme for me last week leading into the Jacksonville game. I thought your D-line should handle Jacksonville's offensive line. And I think that group did it. I Mm -hmm. think if you want to talk about that specific matchup, I thought your defensive line was really, really good in week one. As I look at Houston, I have a lot of the similar thoughts in that it is a banged-up Houston offensive line. There are some definite question marks within that group. Again, they're starting a six-round rookie at center. Um, It's a backup right tackle. I think that is an area that if you control that, now, all of a sudden, you're rattling C.J. Stroud. And we watched C.J. Stroud in college. It was pretty easy for him. And a big part of that is the immense talent advantage Ohio State seemingly had week in and week out. And so if you rattle him a little bit, how does he respond to that? He was sacked five times in the opener by Baltimore. Again, they had one snap inside of Baltimore's 15-yard line the entire game. So if you can control that aspect, your D-line, against the Houston offensive line. Now you impact the rookie quarterback. It's not a great skill group in Houston. I think that sets the tone for the entire game. Yeah. I would also like to see some more uh, wide receivers get involved in the passing game. Michael Pittman obviously was the main target for Anthony Richardson, as he should be, but Alec Pierce had three targets and only one catch. Didn't really see much from Josh Downs either. Seven targets, three catches. I would like to see the younger wide receivers kind of take a step forward and take some pressure off of Michael Pittman Jr. I would hope with the secondary that they're going up against in the Texans that they can make that happen. So maybe that was just 
the matter of a a tough Jacksonville defense last week. So I would like to see those guys step it up a little bit more. And maybe see if Kylan Granson can build off of what he did in the opener because he, he was the second-leading receiver on the uh, on the Colts' offense outside of Michael Pittman Jr. I would like to see if he can kind of keep separating himself from the pack of tight ends that the Colts have and maybe emerge as that TE1 going forward because I still feel like – TE1. TE1. Because I feel like they're still kind of – like there's still kind of a jumble. But I liked what I saw from Kylan Granson last week. I would like to see if they can build off of that. And also, Matt Gay, is he going to get some field goal opportunities? Are you going kicker on us? <laughs> I went opposing O-line <laughs> coach, and you're going kicker. <laughs> we didn't see any action from him from outside of extra points last week. I would like to see the – highest paid kicker in franchise in, in NFL history. I'd like to see him get some field goal opportunities if well, given the chance, uh, especially if they're not going to do the Jalen Hurts push run on short yardage situations. I hate to bring it up, but obviously last year you uh, you had a pretty big miss kick in, in, in this uh-huh. game that led to Rodrigo Blankenship losing his job. And frankly, I don't think he's gotten an NFL job. Well, since I would hope then. Matt Gay is an upgrade over, over him. Well, you're certainly paying him. To be that. Uh, Anthony Richardson, his first road start. This was Shane Steichen earlier in the week. Obviously, you know, Richardson against C.J. Stroud. Um, that is a matchup that you'll see the storyline and play out a lot on the Fox broadcast coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Here was Shane Steichen about Anthony Richardson's first NFL road start. Mark, James Boyd and I were talking yesterday. I think Houston is one of the quieter NFL environments in the NFL. It does sound like, though, the interest, intrigue with C.J. Stroud's first home start. They were at Baltimore last Mm -hmm. week. The first start for C.J. Stroud at home has dialed up a lot of interest. So what is that atmosphere like? I mean, maybe in the J.J. Watt days it was a better environment than I'm giving it credit for, but I think lately it's been pretty weak. Um, and I thought one of the definite positives from Anthony Richardson in week one, and there's a decent list of positives, I thought pre-snap-wise, um, communication-wise, procedurally, I thought you handled things really, really well. I mean, I can't recall late play clock, um, no. delay of game penalties, like guys not lined up in the right spot, false start. Like, you really didn't have a lot of that. Uh, timeouts randomly. Um, so I, I thought he handled that well, and obviously now going on the road, I think at Baltimore next week will be more of a test I've, than at Houston this that's week. That's exactly what I was going to say. I've never, I've never seen the Texans stadium as much of a, <laughs> as much of a very opposed. Like you go in, you're like, oh man, it's going to be hell. We're going to not be able to hear anything, this and that. It, it always seems like a more muted. It's usually more of a, you know, the opposing team kind of shows out well, pretty good there. I feel like. You know, as far as crowd size and everything like that, the the test will be at Baltimore in week three. That that is the big one right there. Where talk about hostile environment and all that stuff. That is where you're going to have to circle and get back to Shane Steichen next week and ask him. Well, heading into this road game, how do you feel? Because I feel like going into the Houston Texans stadium is going to be much different than the Baltimore Ravens. Kind so of an interesting we'll um, matchup as well when you think of Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's two first year head coaches. They faced off, if you will, last year in the NFC title game. D'Amico Ryans as the 49ers defensive coordinator, Shane Steichen as the Eagles play caller in OC. Uh, a wry smile from Shane Steichen this week when I asked him if he would go back and watch that NFC title game. Um, so, tendency-wise, obviously, you don't have the skill players that the Eagles possess, nor Jalen Hurts, but uh, that was a um, hell of a performance by the Eagles in that game, and certainly some injuries played into it. But even just offensively versus the 49ers defense, 
the Eagles certainly had the upper advantage there. So that is another thing to keep an eye on coming up on Sunday. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Have you seen this TikTok trend, apparently? I'm not on TikTok, but I've been told that apparently women are asking their husbands and boyfriends about how often they think about the Roman Empire, and guys are like, all the time, multiple times a week. And I'm like, I mean, I, I don't know if I do it very often, but like every once in a while, I guess, but like not on a weekly yeah, basis. I'm I mean, not looking uh, it up, but I'm like, what, what is this trend that's happening? I'm approaching 34 years on this earth. I can't say I've spent more than maybe 37 minutes of my entire life on the Roman. I mean, obviously, we learned about it at, at, at one point, but no, my, uh, my Google search history does not include much on the Ro- Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what am I missing? I don't know. I don't. I don't get Roman Empire. I think Roman reigns from WWE. That's all I think of. So maybe that's where a lot of people are leaning towards. I don't know. Sam, do you I'd know say, what this is about? Enough about once every four months, I do a really big deep dive into like Roman emperors and that kind of stuff. That so, does yeah. not shock me. Not, about not you, Sam often, Fritz. but you know, once every four months, I'm like, I wonder what happened six thousand years ago with this one Roman guy, Sam Fritz. Looking up the Roman Empire while listening to like the the Moody Blues or something on. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging my reentry song. <laughs> I, 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 my parents are big Moody Blues. Fans. Yeah, more like okay, was Max's eye gunk? Is it ever going <laughs> to get better? Or like, is this something that we need to get looked at a little I, bit more? I was more? just curious because apparently this is a this thing. is a TikTok thing. Are like people I are guess. dressing up like Roman Empire? People are asking or? their husbands and they're like, oh yeah, all time. Like, well, that, that seems like a weird thing. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, Gladiator is a good movie, but I don't think I think about it. You know, very often it are is we, on. It is on basic cable quite often, but not very, not not often. Am I thinking like, what's going on with the Roman Empire these days? Can we get Notre Dame to play a football game in the Coliseum? How incredible would that be? Have they done sporting events in I there? Or is that it. like the no, dumbest I, question ass- in the world? No, I'm assuming it's it's currently being held for the Zuckerberg Musk MMA fight oh, that's yeah. taking place. <laughs> Release the Tigers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't think it's in use. I think it's you know. Yeah. I can't imagine it's very up to code can these we, days. Can we get a grass turf turf debate about the Roman Colosseum there? Yeah. <laughs> we don't like this Roman Empire. This turf is gonna get us some ACLs torn. Uh, again, Quentin Nelson did miss the first two practices of the week. Uh, he was doing some stuff off to the side yesterday at practice. So I I know it says DNP did not practice on the injury report, but he still had some sort of physical activity there. And again, Braden Smith was back to practice in a full participant role. Uh, did you see we got a number change? And it's crazy to me that we are two and a half weeks away from the start of Pacers training camp. Do you see we got a number change for Buddy Heald? I did see that. Yeah, he's going from number 24 to number 7. Have, have do, they told you what the significance is there? I Do we like that? I mean, 7... I'm December 7th, so I always have had a fondness for seven. And actually, 24 was the jersey number I wore in high school soccer. So Look at this. There, there's kind of some Buddy Heald, Mark Dykton crossover. That'll be the only time we're ever compared to each other. But Now, I thought Buddy Heald was 24 in college, so I, I don't know. Was he ever? I, I assume he was 24 in Sacramento. I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. I, I've always known him as number wasn't. 24. So the seven, I mean, I'm sure he'll get posed that question whenever he meets with the media at some point. Hey, what was the meaning for that? But... I can't think of any. I am curious the role for Buddy Heal this year in a contract year. I think his obviously his relationship with Tyrese Halliburton I think is pretty well documented. They're 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 very close. Defensive problems for the Pacers also well documented. But it is one of those things if you put Buddy Heal on the bench and you throw out like a Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin, you know, Jarris Walker, 
uh, trio, Obi Top and trio around Tyrese Halliburton within Miles Turner at center. That's not a lot of shooting Mm-mm. around Halliburton. And I know there's just a give and take with that. I mean, you're going to have to make some sacrifices on one end of the floor. Uh, Buddy ha- has come off the bench before in his NBA career, but how the Pacers handle that as he turns 30, as he plays in a contract year, something to watch. I, Two I and a Buddy. half weeks away, Mark. Yeah, it, it's, cra- it's crazy how quick it's it's coming around the corner. But I, I like Buddy Heald. I remember I got a lot of flack last year because I said I liked him a lot and I thought they, he should be a, a building piece rather than a trade piece. And he is one of their better outside sh- shooters. I would like to see them. Hopefully he has he builds off of last season because I'm really impressed with Buddy Heald. I've always liked him. I think he's a guy you can definitely build with, even if he is coming off the bench. You need to have some veteran guys at some point on the roster. So I'd like to see Buddy Heald continue to stay in Indiana. But... We'll see what happens this year. But, yeah. yeah, training camp right around the corner. It is wild to think that, but that also means that we're going to be, you know, busting out the ice scrapers pretty soon, too. Oh, don't go there. That. Come on now. I'm no, we're not, we're not close. You sound like Jake right I'm now. holding on for dear life on the shorts right now. I don't want to switch to be – I don't want to be a pants guy just yet. I want to hold out to shorts weather. But, I mean, the last couple mornings this week have been pretty, pretty brutal. Mark, you act like you were, you know, have lived in Florida your whole no, life. No, but I'm saying when it's 51 and you're leaving the in the morning, kind of like, oh, okay. I'm still going no jacket. I'm still wearing the shorts, but I'm a bit concerned that those days are coming to an end very quickly. Thank you, Logan, for sending me this picture. He's got a picture of uh, Buddy Heald with the jersey number seven in uh, for the Bahamas. Um, so I guess internationally he has worn jersey number seven. I actually was downtown a couple nights ago and ran into some people from the NBA that were in town kind of doing an early sight check of Lucas Oil and Gamebridge for the All-Star game. Oh. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm like, okay, yeah, that is this year, right? I mean, you know, we were thinking it was supposed to be a little bit a couple years ago, and then, you know, COVID started to push some NBA All-Star games out a bit. So when you talk about Buddy Heald, last year he was in the three-point contest. Obviously Tyrese Halliburton was as well. Obi Toppin has some dunk history. You know, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemhard, maybe Jairus Walker in the Rising Stars game. All-Star weekend here. Uh, obviously we'll have a big-time NBA global feel, but I think locally you could have a decent amount of participants for the Pacers. And that's so that was cool to hear. Uh, NBA people very, very complimentary of Lucas Oil and Gamebridge and the sites that they will be using for All-Star Weekend. I know we got to go to break real quick, but Jermaine O'Neal, I guess, is pushed back on Buddy Heald wearing number seven. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I saw it briefly, just like a headline that Jermaine feels like he's not honored by the Pacers enough or something to that effect. Is that yeah. semi-correct yeah, on that? something like that. So he loves Buddy and the work that he puts in, uh, but he's disappointing to watch teams every year recognize and celebrate the players who have been the franchise's very best players on and off the court, but yet the Pacers don't. It's been confusing and disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, I, I do feel bad for Jermaine that he just gets thrown into the brawl label and they want nothing to do with him. Did, mm-hmm. did he speak up when Al Jefferson was here, though? Al Jefferson wore the number seven. Ooh. Yeah, I don't Look know. Look at that. Al Jefferson. Did it take him 10 seconds to make a post move? Al Jefferson could play left tackle in a pinch. The Colts needed one. By the way, Google Al Jefferson, Minnesota Timberwolves bobblehead night. It's one of the greatest pictures you'll ever see. Al Jefferson as oh, a bobblehead. I'll do that in the break. All right, Greg Rakestraw, he joins us next week five of the high school season. And we'll get into uh, a little bit more Colts-related stuff and some college football with Rake on the other side. It is the Wake Up Call. Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, and Sam Fritz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. 
ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. They're rounding out the week. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, he's one of our favorites, Greg Rakestraw. Getting ready for another busy weekend of football. You will hear him uh, in a lot of different avenues here over the next 48 hours. But Sunday, it'll be the postgame show as the Colts hit the road for the first time in this 2023 season. Uh, Rick, let's go back to Sunday's opener. What did you like from the rookie quarterback, and what do you want to see differently here in week two? You know, obviously the ability to uh, you know move with his feet, the ability to extend plays. Uh, I think largely the decision-making obviously kind of got baited into that late interception that played a factor. But, Kevin, I would say the exact same things that you probably heard me say late July and August are the same things that your expert eyes have observed in, in training camp and practice and preseason in last week. To me, it's simply looking at, does he ever look overwhelmed by the moment? Does he ever look lost? Does he ever look confused? And the answer to that question so far every time has been no. And typically, when he has made a mistake, he has come back and, and you know made up for it or bounced back immediately, which is kind of the short-term memory loss to some degree you kind of need to have in terms of playing that position. The old Ted Lasso be a goldfish line comes to mind. So um, he looks the part. Again, I want to see him throw a more accurate ball. We'll see how, how that progress comes along. But, uh, again, for the most part, uh, I was pretty impressed last Sunday. I feel like this time last year we were saying there's no way the Colts are going to come out flat against the Texans in Houston. Please tell me we're not going to have that conversation <laughs> on Monday with a new coaching staff and a new quarterback. They're not going to come well, out flat I, against I, Texas. Please. Please tell Mark, me I, Mark, I would I would phrase it as you know, for as bad as looking against Houston last year. Think about the following week. That was the blanking in Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Yep. That was the week where we go, oh no, this is not what we thought this group was going to be. So yes, uh, you would you would hope that motivation is not a problem. And let and let's be blunt about this, okay? Colts didn't look great last week. Colts looked good in some phases, but but couldn't play the complete sixty minute game. They still appear to be better than the Houston Texans. And so, you know, really it was Colts looked okay, Texans did not. I'm not sure there's many teams on the schedule you circle and say the Colts are better than that team, right? This is one of those teams. So, depending on your perspective as to what you want to see happen this year, um, then hopefully that means that they Colts win coming up on Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you caught much of the Thursday night game last night between the Vikings and Eagles, Rake, but a couple things uh, popped up in that game that I know that chap a lot of fans' behinds. Uh, that was the Jalen Hurts push play that seeming is seemingly unstoppable in short yardage situations, and then the fumble in the end zone that turns into a turnover and touchback. Uh, how do you feel about both of those things? 
I'm not sure there's a better way to overcome the turnover touchback rule unless you want to say you're going to have the ball at the spot at which it was fumbled in the field of play. So that so that that would be that would be the only thing I can think of quickly to to alter that. In terms of the push play, again, that's one of those things that it is what it is. Um, it, it reminds me of how the Colts didn't get a fourth in inches on Sunday. Yeah. And you've got a, a, a tank for Literally. a quarterback. Um, that's pretty indicting on the center of the offensive line on that play. Now, it also screams to Jacksonville's front four is pretty good. And Jacksonville just defensively is, is, is pretty good, period. But that part you've got to get rectified. But, Mark, I, w- I will tell you this. I watched zero seconds of last night's game because I do not subscribe to Amazon Prime. Oh. So with that, I did not see a single I, – I know the result of what happened, but I did not watch last night's game. Interesting. Greg Rakestraw there. And nice to know the viewing options in the Rakestraw household here. ISC Sports Network. Uh, we will get to the high school scene coming up here in just a sec. We- I'll get you a password, Rake. I can get you a password. We, Thank you. I appreciate that. We're, we're going to share logins here, Rake. Uh, week five of the high school uh, football season. Uh, we'll talk with Rake about that here in just a second. Um, Indiana and Purdue this weekend, Rake, both underdogs in non-conference games. Indiana's a 10-point dog here at Lucas Oil Stadium against Louisville. Purdue, it's hovering right around a field goal underdog at home versus Syracuse. I think in a way, I kind of label these as if bowl game thoughts are going to be realistic – both programs would be very well served to pull off the, I say in quotes, upsets here. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think the line for Indiana Louisville is about right. Uh, I probably, you know, bring it back down maybe to like six or seven, because uh, again, obviously Indiana has had their flaws and issues the last couple of seasons. Not like Louisville's been any great shakes. That they've they've been a, a, a little bit better in a league that's a little bit worse. It's a neutral site game. You've got a new head coach, albeit one that knows the Indiana program exceedingly well. Uh, and so I expect that to be a close and competitive game. Louisville being favored, I'd agree with that. Ten points might be a bit much there. Um, secondarily, in terms of, of Purdue and, and Syracuse, listen, the folks in Vegas know a lot. There's a reason why they're the folks in Vegas. I'd probably make it a pick em game. In other words, saying on a neutral field, is Syracuse slightly better? Yeah. But I look at last year, and I realize that teams are awfully different these days from year to year in college football, and Purdue is a very good uh, you know, illustration of that example. Um, but that was a game that Purdue handed to Syracuse multiple times, and the Orange finally took it. So um, I, I think that's a, a, a dead-even game. And so now I, I think in terms of Purdue, what, what it really boils down to is the product that you want to showcase to the home fans. Because I know Vatek isn't what they used to be. That's still a really good, you know, a road win at a Power Five school. That's a big deal for Purdue. Um, and given the, given the game conditions, how that played out, I thought that was a really big win. Now it's it's yes, you're playing Syracuse, but you're trying to erase what you showed your fans at home to Fresno State a couple of weeks earlier in terms of not much defensively and in, in terms of of mistakes that were made. You just want to instill the pride of defending your home turf if you're Ryan Walters at Purdue. So. I, I would. What you said is right about you know bowl aspirations, but frankly, I think the stakes are a bit higher for Purdue. They're the one that that I think feels this pressure a little bit more coming uh, tomorrow afternoon. Rick, we're gonna get the um, Taven Jackson era, I guess, officially underway. I know he started last week, but you know Tom Allen committing to him earlier this week. You know Indiana's a program, boy. Outside of Ben Chapel, I can't think of many like in-state quarterbacks that have had 
even like a decent amount of success there as of late. Obviously, Taven Jackson, a pretty highly ranked recruit starting at Tennessee, transferring to Indiana. Uh, what are your expectations for him as he takes over and, again, tries to do something that program really hasn't had in quite some time as an in-state QB leading them to a decent amount of success? I think he can be solid. Uh, clearly, he's got a lot of the tools. I think it comes down to some of the other questions around him in terms of skill level players, in terms of time to make plays. Uh, it does appear to be a team that the defense maybe can carry them for a little bit while the offense figures it out. So, again, Taven's got all the tools. Um, I have questions about the other 10 pieces around him. Like, in other words, I don't think he is Antoine Randall L., uh, Mike Penix, um, Kellen Lewis, and I'm, I'm trying to rattle off the guys that have been the best IU quarterbacks in the last 25 years. Guys that were so good. Yeah, Sudfeld, kind of Chapel, Kellen Lewis. Right, yeah. exactly. So, Richard exactly. Legault, so, Penix. So, sure. So, so, in other words, basically, you know, I think he can hold up his end of the bargain. I'm not sure he's good enough where he can elevate the other 10 guys around him. So, I have less questions about Tava than I do offensive line, skill position, et cetera. Rake, how's the show prep for the uh, Floyd Badunga soccer match gone so far? So it was supposed to be last this this Tuesday. Flory ended up not playing, and he had another commitment. And so the folks at Kokomo were very gracious uh, in terms of giving us kind of a heads up, hey, you might want to reschedule. So we did. So now I'm going up next Thursday for their home finale against Carol of Flora. Um, and given my schedule, that means that the prep probably begins like Wednesday afternoon at some point in time. Might get to that Tuesday. But thankfully, I've got so many notes on Flory from you know seeing him play probably seven to ten times last year. I think my Flory prep's in good shape. There you go. <laughs> what, what game you got on the high school call tonight? So tonight will be Carmel and Lawrence North, my first chance to see both of these two teams. And LN is going for their best start since 1989. Yeah, uh, they are looking to go 5-0. and oh. This is also the last time these two schools are going to play in football, at, at least in the immediate future, as, again, Carmel and, and some of the mixed schools, you know, they, they've maintained their schedule the last couple of years. They'll start to kind of drift apart a little bit now in terms of future schedules. Uh, this game has been close more than it hasn't been in years gone by. It wasn't last year. Carmel won it handily, 38-14. to 14. Uh, So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, LN, I think, has surprised some people. They've got a freshman running back in a Xavion Moore uh, who has had over 100 yards in, in three of his first four games. Carmel, we kind of thought maybe they'd take a step back just because they're, they're really young offensively this year, at least the, at the skill position. They're, they're playing a sophomore quarterback uh, this year, uh, are, are the Greyhounds. But they've only played one team in state, and it's Homestead. So we're not exactly sure, you know, how they're going to stack up with kind of like the area competition their losses are to teams that usually are regional powers, you know, like a Trinity uh, or, or Christian Brothers out of St. Louis. Their win, uh, other than Homestead in week one, uh, was Detroit King, uh, you know, in week number three. So now we'll start to see them play kind of what had been their typical Central Indiana-based schedule. So to really kind of learn more about this Carmel team over the next few weeks. What are some other games tonight that you'll have your eye on? Well, you always have to go Warren Central Ben Davis. And clearly I know you guys have that. On the fan, this is meeting number 99. You know, obviously seeing Ben Davis and IMG last week, IMG is, is, is remarkable. But the fact that Ben Davis legitimately hung with that team for a good chunk of the game says a lot. 
Um, and, and there's been a lot of, you know, banner back and forth, as there always is on social media, in terms of you know, really how that game should have played out. And I thought the 20-point spread was about right. There's a couple of plays from that being a five-score game. And there's a couple of plays from that being a one-score game. But here's what I took away from, from Ben Davis. Ben Davis, again, moved the football, throwing the football against virtually an all-division one defensive line. Secondarily, against an offensive line that didn't have a guy smaller than 280 and had a running back that's going to go to Texas, Ben Davis legitimately took away their running game last week. I mean, shut it down. It wasn't for a lack of trying. Uh, IMG really kind of popped one big run, maybe two, the entire night. So, uh, again, Ben Davis, did, uh, th- th- their star did not lose shine in my eyes watching them play last Friday. Warren has kind of bounced back. They, you know, they, they picked up a couple of conferences without the win at LC last week. was a good win for them. I think Ben Davis is the better team because this is a rivalry game. You're never quite sure what's going to happen. So, obviously, that game, uh, and we'll have it as well, so the audio can be heard on the fan. The video can be seen on the ISC Sports Network. Other big game locally, Fishers and Brownsburg. Uh, yep. you know, Fishers just lost a tight one at HSC last week, but they're really good. Brownsburg has not lost yet in league play. And again, the HCC, as I've said before, has never been better top to bottom than it is this year. So those two games immediately mark get my attention. Fisher's Brownsburg listed nationally as one of the top 10 games in the country. Jeremy tagged us in that. Yeah, number 10 of Max Preps games nationally. How about that? Again, that's a a really good game, no doubt. And again, there's there's frankly a game like that every week in the HCC this year because, again, those – the, 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 the top end schools have been pretty good the last couple of years, but even the schools that have been struggling lately, uh, I, I think, are, are, are trending in the right direction, to use the Jim Caldwell uh, statement. Rake, I think the Colts stink less than the Texans stink. That's why I'm going Colts on Sunday. Your thoughts on that one with Houston as a one-point favorite? We could be seeing a, a 20-13-ish to 13-ish game, I think, coming up on Sunday, something along those lines. Um, you know, To me... Is going to be, and I, and I realize that Jonathan Taylor is still not playing. I, I understand that. Colts got to run the football better. And again, Kevin, you and I largely have the same view of the game from the press box. And would JT have helped last week? Of course he would. But I'm not sure he's running for a lot of yards the way that that was blocked up. I mean, again, let's break out tailback carries. Let's take away Anthony Richardson yards. 16 carries for 25 yards. Holes were not there. So we've got to see improvement from the offensive line. If it's Deion Jackson, which I think it'll be more of Zach Moss, don't fumble the football would also be a key thing as well. But if the Colts can simply be average running the football on Sunday, I think they win this game. Rick, I, I want to end with this. I want to go back to something you brought up with Lawrence North, a freshman running back. I, I, that just strikes me as beyond rare that you get a freshman impacting a 6A school. I mean, how, how often do you see that on an annual basis? Well, Senator Grove's had a couple of them, and they've gone on to be pretty special players. So Titus McCoy and then literally Carson Steele right after him were both kids that, that were, were key contributors as freshmen on really good football teams. Last year, we had a handful of freshman quarterbacks in the area. Uh, there was the Walker kid that didn't start the season because of Bryson Luter, but has gotten some snaps in each of the last two years. Now he's a sophomore at Lawrence Central. Bo Polston was the starting quarterback as a freshman at Decatur Central at just below the 6A level last year. Um, Lucas Ertle, um, make sure I'm not confused with the old brother Michael, was a starting quarterback at Mount Vernon. Again, that's 4A, but still a larger suburban school. 
So we've seen it more at the, at the quarterback position. It doesn't happen as often in the running back position, period, but it has happened a couple of times in the last 10, 15 years. Interesting. Yeah, it just strikes me as something that you don't see too, too often when you get to the top class. All right, Rake, enjoy Carmel LN tonight, and uh, we'll be listening Sunday afternoon. All right, thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. That is the great Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, he went, what, 2013? Is that what he was saying? Uh, for Colts and Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, over under Mark Dykton is 39. Obviously, that's not too high. We do have a couple of lower ones in the NFL for this week. The Jets and the Cowboys at 38 and a half, with the Cowboys favored by nine. And then Monday Night Football, it's a doubleheader. Saints and Panthers, Browns and Steelers, Browns and Steelers at 38 and a half. Yeah, I think I think an under is a safe play in this game. Uh, my prediction, well, we'll get to that later, but yeah, I, I think that that under will hit, I think. There are some road lines here in Week 2 of the NFL that have caught my eye. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Packers getting one and a half on the road at Atlanta. Chargers getting two and a half on the road against the Titans. One that jumps out to me is the Dolphins' uh, three-point favorites on the road against the Patriots. I kind of like that one. I think there's You no, like Miami? I don't think there's any chance the Patriots are keeping pace with I just feel the like the Patriots offense. muck it up. They do. Didn't they do that with Philly last week? They do, but I also think the weather played a big factor in that one too. So I, I like the Dolphins in that one. And then how about the uh where was the other one? What was the other one? I saw Chiefs and uh Chiefs and Jaguars. The Jaguars three and a half point underdogs yeah, at, at home. home. Yeah. I like that mm-hmm. one a lot too. I I, I if the Chiefs have any repeat of their their wide receivers that they did in week one, uh, give me the Jaguars and their defense all day. Yeah, I don't know if you hitting all these road lines is the best way to go here, but Seahawks also getting four and a half on the road at Detroit. I mean, for now 10 days, mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions have had to hear about that they are a Super Bowl team. Yeah. So, And the Seahawks didn't look too great against the no, Cooper no, Cupless no, Rams team. I, I don't know. I just feel like there was a little bit more talent there. In Seattle. See, I, I know you're eyeing that Bears Bucks line too at the Bears at two and a half point underdogs too. Is that on the road? Yeah. Boy, they Bears better win. Were they so be- bad they better won. win that game. And honestly, for Andy Sweeney's sanity, can we just get the Giants to play better football? For Nikki Sweeney, more what than I see Andy. Already, our Thursday night football next week is uh, Giants at Niners. That'll be a bloodbath. Man, Thursday night football, they're asking the Giants to travel to San Francisco? Uh huh. Boy, that's br- didn't we used to have it like you only went like one time zone on Thursday night football? <laughs> not not with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on Amazon Prime. Demanding saying, things. Yeah, they're, they're saying it doesn't matter how far you got to travel. We need some marquee games here. So speaking of Thursday night football, let's lead off our morning checkdown with what happened last night in Philly. The morning checkdown. Omaha, 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 Omaha. On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. It was a game where the final score looked a lot closer than probably it actually was the majority of the game. The Philadelphia Eagles moved to 2-0 on the season as they topped the Minnesota Vikings 34-28. Eagles were up at one point, like 27-7. But the the Kirk Cousins and the Vikings fought their way back for a little while, but the running game for the Philadelphia Eagles, 48 carries, 259 yards on the ground, 5.4 yards per rush, 3 touchdowns that is a dominating performance it was like a 1950s 
football game because they were just pounding the Vikings defensive line with the running game and they had no answer to it all night long. Also, Devontae Smith, four catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. That was a solid, solid night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles have won now 20 of their last 21 regular season games, which Jalen Hurts has started. You saw that wild sequence there late in the first half where Justin Jefferson fumbles it over the pylon, ruled a touchback. So instead of the Vikings potentially being up, you know, 14, what would have been 14-10 maybe at halftime, mm-hmm. um, the Eagles then got the ball, went down, they kicked a late first half field goal, and really the game was in control once Philly scored early in the third quarter. Uh, but a backdoor cover for the Minnesota Vikings, who they now start the season 0-2 after winning the NFC North last year. Four turnovers for the Vikings last night, so not not good. Yeah, not Jefferson had a huge like night, but that fumble was, again, costly and another reminder of why uh, that dumb rule continues to be in place. All right, uh, Major League Baseball from yesterday. The Reds were terrible. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at the wild card picture entering the weekend, it continues to be beyond wild. You have three teams tied for the final spot in the wild card standings. That would be the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and the Reds. And then a half game back is the Florida Marlins. Miami Marlins. <laughs> Miami Marlins. Thank you for that. Uh, Mark, uh, any worry about your Cubs with the Diamondbacks this weekend? Uh, they are to lose that series. Now, all of a sudden, are they? Yeah, they sweating they, it out here I, in the final I, ten days of the season. I think a line I saw was that the Cubs had to sweep the series in order to have the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks. Ooh, that's so not, that's a big one. That's not ideal, I would say. Uh, but Justin Steele on the bump tonight. He is going to try to increase his NL Cy Young uh, candidacy. Uh, 16-3 on the season, 2.49 ERA, not like I'm paying attention. Uh, I would hope they get a win today because if they don't, uh, God God knows who they're throwing on the bump the rest of the series because Marcus Stroman's still out. Jameson Tyon is still on the team. So uh, there are some concerns outside of Justin Steele and Kyle Hendricks, to be sure. Yeah, the Reds have got the Mets. It'll be Hunter Green tonight for the Red Legs. Uh, looking at college football this weekend. Again, Indiana and Louisville. It is a noon kick from Lucas Oil Stadium, as we talked about with Greg Rakestraw, the Taven Jackson era, I guess officially kind of underway after Tom Allen named him the starter earlier this week. Jeff Brom, what, 4-1, and one, I think it is, all-time against Indiana. Not sure if that matters any for uh, this Saturday. Uh, Jack Plummer, the former Purdue quarterback, he is the QB of Louisville. He did not play very often, I think, at all against Indiana in his time. In West Lafayette, and speaking of West Lafayette, it'll be Purdue hosting Syracuse. That is a slight underdog for the Boilermakers at home against the Orange. And Notre Dame has Central Michigan. This is the Peacock game, 2.30 kick. Notre Dame, a five-touchdown favorite, if I saw correctly there. Don't get hurt. Get ready for Ohio State. People racing to their computers to grab their credit card information and punch it in for Peacock's, you know, Notre Dame Central Michigan showdown. They have to ha- have to watch it. It's a must watch. Husbands out there, this is the Saturday that you do all the chores. Uh-huh. You, you you do them all. You take the kids wherever you need to. Uh, it is a weak college football slate next weekend. It is not that highlighted by Notre Dame and Ohio State. This is the one where yeah, you you say you know, honey, you've been really you know I I know you've been doing a lot lately. I'm gonna make a sacrifice. No football for me today. What do you want to do? <laughs> Boom! Brownie points. You're you're getting you know you're getting the red carpet treatment. The kids are like, "Hey, Dad, good to see you again." 
You exist. You're like, I'm going back in my football bunker come Sunday at 1, but you've got me all day Saturday. And your wife looks at you like, why? Mm-hmm. There's, oh, oh, oh there's, yeah. There, there there's will be, more to this story. There will be raised eyebrows. People will be like, there's some there's shenanigans going on, but you just roll with it. You next say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Next week in the ranked matchups, Colorado, Oregon, Mississippi, Bama, UCLA, Utah, mm-hmm. Oregon State, Washington State, Iowa, Penn State, and then at 7.30 next Saturday night, Ohio State invades South Bay. Hey, honey, I hear the honey crisps, crisps are coming in. You want to go pick some apples? <laughs> I got some caramel dip. Yeah. Well, we're going to buy tickets to Stuckey's here. It, it, I don't know if it's too early or not, but that will be on the weekend Quick agenda. kids, grab all the gourds you can. <laughs> uh, week five of the high school uh, football season. Tonight, again, we've got Warren and Ben Davis on our airwaves. Brendan King. Is this Brendan King's first game? South Bend Cubs over? Or has he done a couple weeks now? I don't know. We, we texted him yesterday. I should ask him probably. I have no idea. So that's always a big one. Warren the and South ben Bend Davis. Cubs duties are dumb, I, dumb, uh, I believe. And the Indianapolis Indians have got, speaking of minor league baseball, they've got one more homestand coming up next weekend to conclude their season. All right, on the other side, we'll get back into the Colts and the Texans conversation. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, going to join us at the top of the hour. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy. Mark Dykton filling in today for Andy Sweeney. Thank you for tuning in, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, good Friday morning. It is the wake-up call. KB and Andy, Mark Dykton, though, in with us here. Sam Fritz on the ones and twos. We're going to give away um, Colts and Texans picks coming up. Other NFL-type games of interest that have caught our eye here and dive a little bit deeper into this Colts and Texans matchup. We were mentioning before the break, Mark, that this is the ideal weekend to you take the full chore list, you take mm-hmm. the kids, you get out of the house, you do whatever you need to do. The college football slate for tomorrow stinks. Next week's slate does not stink. So you want to get ahead of things now. Yes, your wife's going to look at you crooked and see right through you, but uh, give it an attempt and see what happens. What's the worst thing that can happen? Oh, no, I don't want you doing those chores. Oh, exactly. no, you don't need to play with the kids. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. The why is not the importance here. It's yeah. the actions that are the important. And Sam Fritz, you said we had a caller here. The, the owner of Stucky Farms has called us. Yeah, so during the break, uh, apparently Jeff from Stucky Farm, the one of the owners, decided to call. And he, I, I think he misheard saying that you guys were going to give away some tickets. <laughs> uh, when, in, in fact, you guys were just talking about getting some tickets to Stucky Farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simply just making making the trip up there. Jeff, thank you for the call. Are you, are you, a, yeah. are you an avid listener? Absolutely, buddy. I listen every morning and uh, love the show. I catch up on all the uh, sports news that 
happens after my bedtime, so I appreciate that. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for giving us a ring. What what, what do we got uh, upcoming here in the rest of the month of September and October? Uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on on the weekends, um, all of the kids' activities, corn maze, super mega slide, wagon rides, apple cannons, pumpkin patch. It's all happening each weekend now going up through Halloween. How about that? This is outstanding. Jeff, I hate to put you on the spot. Could I lure you into a couple tickets to give away on the old pop quiz coming up later today? Absolutely, we can do that. You bet. Look at this. All right. We're making we're, things happen in Friday. We're just wheeling and here on a Friday morning. Jeff, if you don't mind, I'll have Sam Fritz, our producer, get some info uh, off the air. And uh, thank you very much for, for offering that. No worries, guys. I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak to you for a few minutes. Like I said, I've listened for a long time, and I uh, appreciate the work that you guys do. Appreciate it. And what are, what are the what are the apples that are currently in season now? Like, if you're going to the apple orchard, what do we got going on yeah. here? Well, we're picking right now about nine different varieties. We've got 33 different varieties of you-pick apples. So right now we're right in the heart of apple picking season. We've got uh, Jonathan, Blondie, uh, Honeycrisp. Mm. Um, gosh, I'm going to draw a blank on some of these names, but uh, I think right now we're picking about nine different varieties. Look at that. Love it. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, Jeff, in all seriousness, thank you for listening. Yes. And uh, obviously, I know it's a big time of year for you guys. Really appreciate you uh, offering up a couple tickets. So thank you for that as well. You got it. Thanks, guys. Look at that. Jeff and Shannon Pierce up there, Stucky Farms. Outstanding. Look at this, Mark. We've already planned our Saturday here. Who says for our, for our listening audience? Who says you kind of like cash out on a Friday? Like we're making no. we're making things happen here for you folks. Making things happen. We're gonna give some NFL picks here coming up in just a second. And um, Colts and Texans. That line has shifted a couple times here this week. Mark, something that I think um, James and I were talking about the last couple of days, and I don't think there's gonna be many Fridays this year where I am like overly harping on a win or a loss uh-huh. for the Colts. But this is one of those that, I, I don't want to call it a statement game by any means, but it is absolutely pathetic that we sit here on this Friday morning, the Colts are going to head down to Houston for another divisional game. And if you look at recent history, the Colts have won one of their last eight AFC South games. Mm-hmm. One of their last eight, and we are talking about the AFC South. Not only that, you haven't beaten the Texans since December 5th, 2021. You had a tie, and you had a loss last year. Just saying the tie, man. Just, oh, <laughs> that my was, God. Oh. That was week one. And we were like, and then I remember can't, get, how, la- can't get worse than this. How about last year's season finale? Like, the yeah. how many fourth downs did Houston convert on that last drive? Mm-hmm. It was like long fourth downs. It was like fourth Texans fans wanted literally Lovey Smith to Uber back to Houston. Oh, Bears fans were thrilled. After that one. And... and I don't know if I'm speaking more just out of the disappointment and embarrassment for having won one of your last eight divisional games, or if I legitimately think there is a complacency with where you're at in the AFC South that I'm worried about. I I don't know if it's one or the other. Maybe it's both. Frankly, it's embarrassment, and it's you cannot get used to this because I don't know if Houston falls into this category, but Tennessee and Jacksonville certainly don't look at the Colts right now and think, bully in the AFC South right. like they used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. 
Um, Houston might still be a little bit like, oh man, it's the Colts, and you know both of them are kind of on a on a different tier when you compare them to the See, other I, two teams. I feel like Houston probably views the Colts the way that Colts fans view the Texans right now. Like, we got this game. We can get this one. You think that's the chatter right now in, in Houston? Even Why would after it not op- be? Even you, after the opener? Yeah. I, I think, hey, they've got a rookie quarterback. We've got a rookie quarterback. We've got Will Anderson. They don't. We got, you know, I can I can see the argument that Houston Texans fans are just as confident seeing the Colts on the schedule as Colts fans are seeing the Texans on the schedule. And the Texans have, like I said, not lost in the last two games. They haven't they haven't lost to the Colts since two thousand one. So God, it's crazy when you think about it like that. The confidence level should be on Houston. The confidence level I hope will be on the Colts heading into Sunday because I think they do have the better roster. I think they have more to work with as far as Anthony Richardson is concerned when it comes to weapons and the defense. But why would the Texans not be confident? Well, one snap inside the 15 just to play devil's advocate. No, I could see against one the snap Ravens. inside the 15-yard line in week 1, sacked 5 times, and I think specifically if you look at arguably where Houston's weakest, it's where the Colts are strongest. And that would be the Colts defensive front against Houston's offensive front. Banged up. Jarrett Patterson mm-hmm. is their starting center. Watched him at Notre Dame for a long time, 6-round pick. I don't know. Right tackle, they're dealing with a backup with Titus Howard. Hurt, who has been a really good, you know, solid tackle for them. Um, so I think that's a question mark. And if you're DeForest Buckner, if you're Grover Stewart, if you're Quiddy Pay, those are individual matchups you should be licking your chops in. And I think the key is just create enough havoc around C.J. Stroud. Because C.J. Stroud proved at Ohio State when stuff is clean around him, he is a very accurate thrower. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we all – what was his exact quote at the Combine that was a little – Certainly, seventh grade humor with it about he's a ball placement specialist. Was that his yeah. exact phrase uh-huh. that he uttered? I mean, he he's right. I mean, when he is given the time and given a clean pocket, he can be a damn good thrower of the football. Obviously, it's important for the Colts not to allow him to settle into that rhythm there at all. So I think that's where some of the confidence comes from me with the Colts winning this game and. Uh, with that line shifting again to Houston as a one-point favorite, I don't know if that's Quentin Nelson injury-related. I still think there's a chance Nelson plays. I, I guess maybe there's one part of me that thinks a toe can be really nagging throughout a season, so maybe you maybe. try to kind of sit him out for one week to, you know, whatever, have three months of you know decent to good health there. Um, but the fact that he was doing something of physical activity off of the side yesterday, that's a better sign than most that uh, missed practice on a Thursday. And I would say if you're going to give him the week off, this might be the game to do it because you've got the Ravens. <laughs> Ravens at Baltimore on on the docket on week three. So that, I think you would like to have Quentin Nelson in that game if you can't have him in this one. So Sam Fritz, uh, what did we settle off air? So Jeff was saying that a four-pack of tickets Ooh. to Stucky Farm, oh they will be gosh. either uh, mailed to them. And again, this will all be worked out through a promo department, but they'll have yeah. to be mailed to the the recipient or uh, they can come pick them up at the farms whenever they're ready now, have you been that. to stucky farms before i have not no it has always been on, on on the agenda for us but i think i'll be making a trip there before we moved to pennsylvania stucky farms was a yearly tradition for me and my family really pumpkin every year uh eventually you know getting the extras honey apple picking that kind of stuff but yeah i think from age zero to 13 there every year so again, just I mean, right in the Sheridan area, just north of Westfield there, in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Zionsville, we were four twenty one, and yeah, go up four twenty one and head over there to Stucky action. So nice. How about that? Thank you, Jeff. For like that. I said, husbands, significant others, do your do your do your yeah, Google uh-huh. research. Look up some orchards. You got 
Stuckies, you got Beasleys, you got Tuttle. Look it all up. Make a plan for Saturday. Just say, you know what, honey? Yeah, I tomorrow- got Saturday. This is a, this is a you day. You yeah. you kick back. I'll drive wherever you need to go. Here's some pumpkin patches. Here's some scented candles. You know, maybe get some like farm raised honey. Yeah, tomorrow cannot be a couch and a remote day. No, nor should it be. Because the weather's turning quick anyway, so you might as well just get out, enjoy the children, enjoy the family, do all that stuff, and then, you know, buckle it in on Sunday at 1, and then be like, sorry, Dad's working again. Fitch is saying the Colts beat the Texans last year. It got Lovey fired. Are you saying in Houston since 2021? Did I did I miss something there? Uh, No, Lovey got fired because the Texans won. I don't get what he means. Yeah, the I, Texans I, won thirty-two to thirty-one in the season finale in Indy. I was gonna say maybe if you turned off the season finale with like two minutes to go <laughs> in the game, you thought the Colts won that yeah, game. Yeah, the Texans but. cost themselves the number one overall pick because they won that game. And then the opener of the season was on September eleventh, twenty twenty-two, and the Colts and Texans tied twenty to twenty, and the Colts had to score seventeen points in the fourth quarter to tie. I'm just thinking back to that season finale. Like, remember, like the mini hail mary that like. Four Colts defenders, I thought either could have batted the ball down or come down with it. And who was it? Was it Davis Mills? Was that who yeah, the Colts were facing? Uh-huh. Yeah, my dad had me. My dad had me on like WhatsApp video chat because obviously being in Chicago, he couldn't see the game. And I said, I think the Texans are about to blow this first tr- number one overall pick, and the Bears are going to get it. He had me like hold the phone for the last five minutes to watch the end of that game. And I'm like, Yeah, the Texans just blew the first overall pick. They just beat the Colts. That was a wild finish. Fourth and 12, fourth and 20. Uh huh. Also, conversions Talk on about that a, end. A toilet flush of all toilet flushes for that season for the Colts. And this, they, did you hear they referenced the uh, largest comeback yesterday in the, in the Vikings Eagles game? Oh, yeah. Of oh, yeah. Oh, they're down big, but they're used to that. The Vikings overcame the largest deficit last year. This from Drew. Be sure to try the warm apple cider donuts Ooh. at Stucky. Madison okay. says need to sneak in a Starbucks run for some pumpkin spice latte. We are literally forming a whole Saturday here. Um, Pick up the acoustic album that's plans. playing over I, Starbucks. I do think if you want a little football action in the area, if I'm not mistaken, this is kind of a fun little matchup. You've got a Wabash at Butler tomorrow. Oh, So Butler Bowl action. The okay. Little Giants coming to town. Six o'clock kick at the Bowl. Okay. I feel like it's not something you typically see those two teams. I feel like up. that's throwing a kink into our plans I, well, of being good, 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 significant other and father. six o'clock. So okay. you know you do the heavy lifting from you know whatever ten a.m. to to four, and then you get a little football fix in. I mean, it's a Butler Bowl on a beautiful Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I I would like to think we could all get on the same page with that, right? Yeah, sure. Maybe get some, yeah, get some hot cider, maybe a bowl of soup because we're getting into soup season. The broccoli oh. cheddar is according to you is thirty five degrees outside. Oh, I, again, I'm still car. rocking the shorts. I've got no jacket on. I'm still braving the elements. It's not like you know, it's not horrible yet. I haven't scraped off any ice on my car yet. I'm just saying, when you wake up, you're like, oh wow, it's like fifty degrees right now. Yeah, as Chris said earlier, for a Bears fan, does Mark sound so soft talking again, about being I'm wearing, cold shorts. wearing shorts? I've got no. No wonder jacket the Bears on. are in futility like oh, they are. Yeah, I'm to blame for them. That's right. It's my fault. I, I like how talk this whole show has been, yeah, this weekend, husbands, do everything you can, and then Butler football comes up and Kevin goes, well, within yeah. reason. Well, Obviously, I, it, leave it's your a six now. o'clock game. I mean, come on now. You can do all the heavy lifting late morning, early afternoon, and then slide over to the bowl. I think if you're dedicating your whole Saturday, you have to you have to X out that game and say, you know what? It's still 6 p.m. We can go get a nice beautiful night dinner. to walk campus, Holcomb Garden action. 
get a crack. I, I see no no issue with go that. Go to Newfields maybe or something and see what they got going on and, you know, go get some Cracker Barrel action. or Sam know. Fritz is looking up Roman Empire stuff on TikTok. Yeah. I feel like uh, Cracker Barrel would also be a bit of a failure. Like, come on, Saturday night, cook for the family. That's how you're going to win your next weekend free. Maybe, okay. Get, the, gr- the, get the grill, grill fired up time. for one last few times. and you know, here, here we are taking notes from Sam to have try a good and, talk mm-hmm. about the Roman Empire. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's give some picks out. Coming up next on the other side, not only will we give a little Colts-Texans pick action, but some other NFL thoughts heading into this weekend, maybe some college as well. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, joins us at the top of the hour. It is the wake-up call. KB and Andy, Mark Dykton filling in. Sam Fritz giving fatherly advice here uh, as well. Thanks for tuning in. 93.5, 93, 107.5, The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Boy, Colin points this out, and Mark, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's crazy to think this is where we were at last January. Colin goes, had the Colts beaten the Texans in that season finale, they would have slid down to the number six overall pick. Mm. I don't think Anthony Richardson lasts till six. No. And maybe we can ask this to Stephen Holder next week when he joins us, but I feel like Tennessee and Seattle, and Seattle was drafting five. Tennessee was what, 10 or 11, if I'm thinking correctly, on last year's draft? Tennessee obviously would have had to trade up. Um, Tennessee was 11th, and they took Peter Skaronsky. Yeah. yeah. And you would have had to do something to move up, I think, to have drafted Anthony Richardson. It's crazy, the stories. And you can go back to... The Manning draft, where I want to say the season finale of the year before that, like Jake Plummer led a big two-minute drive in the Cardinals season finale for them not to get the number one overall pick. You think of Colts-Jags in 2011, Maurice Jones-Drew converts a late short yardage situation or else the Colts would have got the ball back with a chance to win it late in the year when they were actually playing much better with Dan Orlovsky than they had earlier in the season. Like those are like thirty for thirty moments, uh-huh. Mark, that oh, yeah. just can totally, totally shape a franchise. I mean, hell, your Bears were the recipient of yes. the Texans uh-huh. last season. Yeah, it's almost like a multiverse situation, like the Marvel multiverse. Where, like, what would have happened if this would happened? Like, where would our track of like franchise go to if had this happened? It is very curious. It is just a wild, wild scenario. So, Colin, thank you for pointing that out. You want to do some picks here? Yeah, let's let's do some picks. So, obviously, we'll give our Colts-Texans thought. I think any other NFL picks that stand out to us. Um, but let's start with a little bit of the college scene, because I do think these are important games this weekend for Indiana yes. and Purdue. 
Um, let's start with the game at noon over here at Lucas Oil Stadium. It is a 10-point underdog. The Taven Jackson era gets underway. Uh, Louisville with Jack Plummer, the Purdue-Cal transfer following Jeff Brom now, I guess, to um, this third stop for Plummer. 10-point uh, line here, Mark Dykton. I'll go Louisville 31-23. Man, we're like on the same page. I got IU, yeah, IU covers, but Louisville wins 31-24. But then again, I'm like, can Indiana score? It's it's weird with these two games for Indiana. Like, they're just so two ends of the spectrum. Uh-huh. Ohio State and Indiana State. I'm like, I have no idea what to expect from no. Indiana tomorrow. That game is at Lucas Oil Stadium since no one else seems to know that that game is existing. Literally. Like, I mean, I don't even know what are what are tickets on StubHub going for? Yeah, look that like up. Because like, I've heard zero buzz for this game. There's been no promotion. There's been no radio spots, no TV ads. I've seen nothing. And Andy was pretty adamant, obviously, with his Louisville ties, that he thought it'd be a pretty heavy Louisville contingent inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. And remember, this series that was supposed to be three games is now just this. Yeah. Indiana bought itself out of the 2025, and then this week we had Zach Osterman on. You know, buying itself out of that 2024 game as well. So, real quick search. A pair of tickets for Section 410 are going for $40 each. 410? I've sat there before for um, basketball. So, it seems like that's actually a decent decent level. Cheapest tickets are 40 bucks. it seems like. uh, This might be a dumb question. Is the top level even open? Is the 600 level? It doesn't look like 600 levels open. So, 400 is the highest you go. Looks like 600 is completely off limits. Uh, Purdue Syracuse. This one I, I'm torn on. I I guess I'll give a slight edge to Syracuse here. 24-20. I don't know. Uh, Purdue. It's like okay, is Virginia Tech decent? The defensive effort is that real or is Fresno State still alive in my head here? Uh, I'll go Syracuse uh, with a slight win over the Boilers. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this game. I've got Purdue edging uh, Syracuse 31-30 in a close one. That's a high scoring. I know. Affair. I know. Well, but I don't. Re- I can't really make heads or tails of IU or Purdue yet this year. It, it seems like there's just been wild swings of. And again, big games. What I mean, we've seen big but, games yeah. for Purdue. It's their final non-conference game of the year uh, for Indiana. They've got Akron next week. But if you want to sniff that six-win total, that's where you're at. Uh, Sam Fritz, you want to lead us off with the Colts Texans pick? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say very close. Like we, we might actually be looking at that last-second field goal to give the Colts a win, but I think the Colts can finally get their first win of the season against the Texans. But it's, I mean, it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's gonna, we're going to have to see Anthony Richardson make a drive that, that gives the team a win. And Matt Gay, money man Matt Gay, mm-hmm. on the game-winning field goal. Mark, you said you had Andy's pick? Yeah, yeah I texted Andy yesterday. said, hey, don't know if you're available, but if you have a Colts-Texans pick, let me know. He shot right back. He said, I'm not as confident as probably you and Kevin. Colts win 19-16. 1916. It's a lot of field goals happening. under on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of field goals, to say the least. Um, okay, I will go with – I'm going Colts 23-13, Mark. Um, I, again, Man. am not – sold on the Texans at all you, you seem frustrated with that well we're, we're you had the IU pick and you're right there with me you're right there with me with this one too I have Colts 24 Texans 14 are you looking at mine no are you looking cheat. at mine no I think you're looking at mine teacher he's cheating uh 23 13 I, I just think your defensive line owns it and I think they're able to set up some sort of short field and or score like they did last week obviously they scored a touchdown last week uh, that advantage for a second straight week, I think it's a depleted opposing offensive line. And if you can rattle the rookie quarterback, I know C.J. Stroud didn't throw a pick in week one, but he was sacked five times. Mm-hmm. And as long as you create that chaos, I think that's going to show up enough. I think Zach Moss gets you a little bit more competency 
at the running back position. I'll go 10.1. I, I like that as well. Like I said, 24-14 for me. I like – I think that given the state of the secondary for the Texans, I think Anthony Richardson is going to stretch the field a bit. That could be big games for Michael Pittman Jr. and company. So, yeah, I think they finally stretch the field. They go deep a few times. MPJ gets a gets a long touchdown, and the Colts right off into the sunset get out of Houston with a 10-point win. Uh, uh, Ian just texted me and said he got four tickets to Indiana-Louisville yesterday, ninth row in the end zone. 60 bucks each. That's not bad. That is not bad, especially, like I said, 600 levels roped off. So it's lower level to 400. That's it. That's this from the bad. This from the great Eddie White. You want family entertainment tomorrow, 1130 a.m. 11.30 a.m. for Buff Girls Soccer annual kickout cancer game versus number five Westfield. Lily Blackman, the daughter of Purdue voice. Rob Blackman. Let's go. Goes for seventh shutout in goal. Eddie Let's White. Let's go. Diehard for buff soccer fan, his wife, of course. The head coach there for the Braves. All right, Voice of the Colts. We'll give out some NFL stuff, uh, NFL picks to close out the show. But Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor on the other side. It's a wake-up call with Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, and Sam Fritz on this Friday morning. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 9 o'clock hour on a Friday in football season means voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, joins us right now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Matey, how was the season opener on your end? I was good. It was good. It was fun. I mean, that's that's all you want it to be. You want it to be fun. You want it to be entertaining. You want it to be, you know, filled with exciting plays. I think we had that. Uh, obviously, it wasn't fun when you're up 21 to 17 and then you're down 31 21 in a blink of an eye, which I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, all in all, it was good to be back. Good to have a regular season game. And I thought Lucas Oil Stadium was absolutely nuts. It was really, really enjoyable. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I think for the most part, fans have kind of grasped how this season is, you know, so much about one individual and, you know, the wins and losses might not be on the front burner. But it was almost like when you couple the atmosphere with how the game unfolded, I got the feeling that, like, fans were pretty bummed, like, Sunday afternoon and into Monday of, like, damn, it was right there for the taking. And you had this four-point lead, and, and really yep. it was all on that punt that is, is where I thought everything turned of – you know, if you're able to just down the punt inside of the 10-yard line, yep. I didn't see Jacksonville's offense going 90 yards at that point of the game, not with how your D-line was playing and just how one play, and Anthony Richardson said it afterwards, one play yep. can just change everything, and even if it is just kind of a crazy punt that bounces one way, Jamal Agnew's the heady guy that gets on it and takes it 48 yep. yards up the sideline. No, that that's well said, and you're going to have a hard time convincing me that if if Agnew doesn't make that great individual play and, and individual in, instinct on that punt return, 
uh, you're going to have a hard time convincing me the Colts don't win that football game because, like you said, that would have been down around the six-yard line. At that point, the Colts' defense was in the zone. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the, the hard truths are, you know, a lot of 2022 crept into the early part of 2023, kind of yeah. reared its ugly head, right? And what Finishing. I mean by that is fourth-quarter defense, uh, red zone defense, uh, you had crunch time, <clears throat> excuse me, inabilities uh, to play complementary football, and the exact opposite thing happened, you know, in reverse for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They absolutely stepped up, played complementary football. Agnew makes the great play on special teams. Uh, their defense gets the takeaway. Two plays later, the offense, uh, you know, runs it in with Travis Etienne, so they get a big play from from their offense and the you know offensive line and Etienne with a great individual effort there. Um, that's what good teams do. Uh, you know, Zay Jones had a terrific individual catch. Calvin Ridley, who's still an elite player, he showed that in one game. He had a great game, over 100 yards receiving. So, you know, the Jaguars' best players, you know, played really well, and they directly impacted that game. So I think for the Colts, you come away from that game two things. You come away feeling encouraged but also disappointed at the same time, right? To your point, you feel you feel good because you're right there. You should have won the game. You're up four in the fourth quarter, and it would have been a big confidence boost, you know, for a for a, a team that's that's pretty young age wise for a rookie head coach for a rookie quarterback would have been big. But um, still, with all of that, there, there are no moral victories in the NFL, and you got to figure out how to stop those problems that were so prevalent last year that were prevalent in Week One in a small sample size. Matt, what did you think Anthony Richardson did well in week one, and what is something you want to see him build on or improve on heading into this game against the Texans? Well, I mean, yeah, he, he played really, really well, I thought. And, and the, the thing that I was most impressed with, and I said it on the show last week, you know, he, he needs to make good decisions early on. I really didn't care about the completion percentage, although that was really good, around 65%. I didn't care about the yardage total. I didn't care about the – the overall number of completions, which that was really good too. Um, so I want to continue that going forward. Obviously, he had the one big mistake in the fourth quarter, maybe pushed the ball down the field, trying to, to you know get the Colts back on top on the scoreboard, trying to get them into a scoring threat. Uh, kind of got baited into that throw. Tyson Campbell sunk in coverage and then picked him off. He's going to learn from that. But I thought, by and large, he made good decisions and just flat out took what the Jaguars gave him, which wasn't a whole lot deep. I don't think the Colts uh, last week even attempted a pass that, that went further than 20 yards down the field. There was, there was a lot of intermediate throws. I think for the game, Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think his yards per attempt number was right around six. Mm -hmm. uh, the, complete, the completion number, yards per catch number by pass catchers last week was right around 9.5. 9.6, somewhere in that neighborhood, which is where they were last year. So, again, you need more big plays down the field, but I think that starts with the running game. You've got to be better running the football to take some of these teams, you know, early on in the season out of this, this you know, cover two zone shell look that I think you're going to see until you prove you can beat it on the outside. Alec Pierce only had one catch for five yards. Pittman's longest game was a 39-yarder, but it happened at the line of scrimmage on a, on a tunnel screen, if you will. So, I thought Richardson played really, really well. In fact, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you if you give me Richardson's stat line and his production in terms of making good decisions uh, last week, I'll take that all year long. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't have room for improvement. That's that's ridiculous. But uh, I thought Richardson played incredibly well in his first game and definitely gave the Colts more than 
a good shot of winning that football game. Off to Houston tomorrow. It's a 1 o'clock kick on Sunday. Our coverage will begin at 10 a.m. He is voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Matt, non-running back division. I know you kind of hinted at a few things there, but non-running back division, where do you want to see the biggest jump from a position group or just an aspect of the game from week one? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's got to be red zone defense. Like I said, I mean, that's where the Jaguars won that football game. And I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I mean, I think fourth quarter defense, red zone defense. I mean, if I had the answer, if these guys had the answer, it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, last year the Colts were dead last in the NFL in fourth quarter defense and red zone defense. Um, it, it's amazing to me because around here, Kevin, the analogy that I used this week, I don't know if it's a good if, if it's a good one or not, but you know we were so used to around here watching Colts football, and I hate this phrase, but I think it's true when you apply it to like the Manning era. The defense, it wasn't a great defense. Like that bend but don't break defense, right? They would give up yards. They would give up some explosive plays. They weren't great at stopping the run traditionally. But what would, what would they do? They would make a play in the red zone, and they would make you kick a field goal, and they would keep the game close, and they would allow the Colts offense to just simply outscore you. So they were like kind of an okay defense with uh, a good point total. I think this is a good really good Colts defense right now with a bad point total because they're not making plays inside the red zone. Now, you know, if you go back to week one, you know, ETN's got a one-yard run for a score. You, you, you live with that, I suppose. But there were plays before that that got them down to that, you know, goal-to-goal situation. The, the, uh, Calvin Ridley, um, the Calvin Ridley catch, that was kind of a backyard play. Where yeah, the pass seven seconds of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the secondary played really, really well, but you're just not going to win that football play when he's got that much time to scramble around and look for some elite players. The Zay Jones catch, that was tremendous. So you kind of tip your cap to the Jaguars. But last year the Colts were 68% on defense giving up touchdowns inside the red zone. You're just not going to have a successful season when you are giving up that high of a number inside the 20-yard line to your opponent. So you, you got to figure that out. This is a really good defense. Uh, it, it's, it's too good of a defense to have that high of a number. There's too many playmakers on that side of the ball in all three levels of the defense. So they got to get that figured out, and it's going to be a problem until it's, quite frankly, not a problem. Again, I don't know what the answer is. These guys know it. I mean, they all sit there and they talk about it, and, and they understand how big of an aspect that is you know, on defense to the success of the, of the season. Um, so it, it, it's it's one of those things where, quite frankly, it's just guys got to step up and make a play. I don't know how else to say it, and and they would say the same thing. It's it's just going to be a problem until it's not a problem. You just can't survive giving up touchdowns inside the twenty yard line. That's where all of these games are won. Red zone, third down, takeaways, and fourth quarter defense. And the Colts are still trying to figure out who their best playmakers are in those situations when the game is on the line and it's in crunch time. It's the wake-up call on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan Matt Taylor joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Matt, who on the Texans will give the Colts the most fits on Sunday? Uh, Which side of the ball you want to go on there? Whichever one you think is going to be the biggest issue. Mm, Well, offensive line-wise, they're really banged up. I mean, C.J. Stroud can still be a problem. Uh, In his second game, I understand that, but – you know, we saw it at Ohio State. I, I know he had great offensive linemen in front of him. He had great playmakers to throw the football to. You know, it's kind of apples and oranges considering where he's at right now. But, I mean, when he's in the pocket and when he's clean, 
he's elite. He's got really good accuracy. I mean, for his career at Ohio State, he is right around 70%. But when things are muddied and he's not in a clean pocket and he's got to make decisions and throw the football before he wants to, um, you know, you're looking at a, a quarterback that drops down to about 40% completion percentage. So I still think they got playmakers on the outside. I mean, Nico Collins and Robert Woods, I mean, I think those two guys combined for about 160 receiving yards the other day. And then defensively, up front, I think they have a very – they have a deceptively good uh, front seven, if you will. Will Anderson, really good last week in his, in his first game in the NFL – had a bunch of pressures, graded out really good, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Malik Collins, Jonathan Grenard, they've got Denzel Perriman, who comes over from the Raiders. Christian Harris is there. I mean, they've got a, a guy like Jerry Hughes, who still had nine sacks last year, and he's now kind of a rotational piece in year number 14, but he's still getting the job done. So I think they can be very formidable trying to stop the run uh, against the Colts, and they've got to prove that last week was kind of a – a little bit of a blip on the radar in terms of what they got from the running backs last week. I want to get a little peek behind the curtain of one Matt Taylor. The schedule for the NFL season comes out around early May. You look at the Colts' schedule, the road schedule. Is Houston your least favorite city on the road schedule? Is that because it comes up every year on the calendar, or do you have another one on the schedule this year that you're like, oh, God? Uh, no, I don't I don't mind Houston. I mean, Houston. Houston's one of those cities where – like from a business trip, from a road trip standpoint, like you just, Kevin, you know this, you you just get on the plane, you get on the bus, you go to the hotel, and you get on the bus, you go to the game, you get on the bus, you go to the airport, and you just go home. Like Houston's not one of those cities where you're looking to explore or take in the sights. Like you've been there a bunch, um, but it's so spread out. It's, it's tough to kind of take in Houston efficiently, if you will, considering how short of amount of time we're there. To me, the, the, the road trip that's just kind of blah is Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just not – I mean, listen, I don't – got I don't the Dave and Busters right there, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm – not, I'm not looking to get letters from the Chamber of Commerce from, you know, northern Florida. <laughs> but there, there's just not a lot going on. And, again, we're not there – we're just not there that long to really do big things. And you know me. You're there for, I, like, 28 just, hours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, like, buried in work anyways, and I just want to watch college football and – get a bite to eat so like i'm not the road trip thing is probably not it's not a great question for me because i'm not mr explorer and you know look up the, the history of the city type guy i'm just more let's let's go let's let's play the game you know let's do a good job and then go home and, and do it all over again. you're mr homebody he's you not, get on you get on the road you stay he's in the got hotel two room. young kids he's got to sleep he's not gro- going to grave sites like well Jake i will would be. tell you I, I will tell you, I, I was driving in, and I heard you guys disparaging NRG Stadium. And I have to. Oh, I think the press box view stinks. I think the energy no. level stinks unless JJ Watts playing for him. Well, it and and it and that's that's fair. NRG Stadium has it's fallen on hard times. I I actually looked it up right before I came on with you guys. Since 2020, uh, during the COVID season. Uh, at home, Texans record-wise at home is one seventeen and one oh in their last gosh. whatever that, that is, nineteen games. Yeah, um, so they they actually didn't win a home game last year at NRG Stadium. But I will tell you, Kevin, like I've been to NRG Stadium maybe twelve times. I don't even know. But like it, back in the day, like Hilton, Luck, Watt, you know that era, if you will, it seemed like every time the Colts and Texans played. It was a big division game. It was always in prime time. It was either Sunday night or Thursday night. 
back then that place was rocking. Like you have to give them credit because you know, the, the Colts represent like hatred down there. Like the Colts are like the Patriots, Steelers, and Chargers all rolled up in one as it relates to Colts fans and how much they hate those teams. So like they, they've got some hatred for the Colts and they get up for the Colts in the past. And I think this is going to be a big game and should be a good game crowd wise with the first game for Danico Ryan's first game for, uh, for CJ Stroud, kind of a new era of Texans football. So in the past, NRG stadium can get loud, but they need to have the right environment for it, man. One, home win and whatever you said the last 19 20 whatever the number is that's got to be close to an nfl record yeah i mean it's i mean they didn't win it they didn't win their last home game victory was week 16 of the 2021 season and so that's 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 falling on hard times right there yeah um you know it kind of looks it kind of reminds me of lucas oil stadium right there's a roof press box is high um, I, I think the stadium's in really good shape. I know there's this big debate right now between grass fields and, and turf. I think they have really, really good turf, you know, comparatively speaking. I don't know. I just enjoy that environment because it does get loud. The Jumbotron's great. The, the sound system's great. I know this is sounding ridiculous. <laughs> but aesthetic-wise, it, it's, it's a fun place to play. And, again, especially when they play at night, it kind of looks like a theater. It's dark around the bowl. And then they've got spotlights on the field. It, it, it seems like it's just well lit. Um, it's just a fun place to play when those two teams are humming and it's a big game inside the AFC South. You might be working for the NRG Stadium PR department here with your yeah, baby. with your description <laughs> on that. Uh, last one for me, Matt. And when we talked last Friday, you and I were kind of both in agreement on, I think, an advantage in a big way the Colts keep this interesting in the opener was the defensive line of Indianapolis versus Jacksonville's offensive line. Uh, That matchup certainly was won by the Colts. As I look ahead to Sunday, I think there is a big advantage there as well. And that's why I'm so confident in the Colts getting their first win of the season here coming up on Sunday. Uh, Do you view that in the same light as this is a matchup the Colts should and will win, and if you do that, then obviously you could rattle C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, again, you go back to what I said earlier. I mean, he's a completely different quarterback, or at least he was at Ohio State, when he's under pressure because he's not hes not a quarterback. We saw that with the Buckeyes. He's not a guy that's looking to get outside the pocket traditionally and make things happen with his feet. He can do that. There's no question about it. But he's a guy that loves to hang in the pocket and show off that arm and, and prove he's an incredibly accurate quarterback, which he is. But, you know, and, that, and I go back to what I said earlier. This is a good defense with a bad point total because they dominated that game. Like, the Colts should not have given up 31 points. Their effort last Sunday against the Jaguars, that was not a 31-point performance. They played much better uh, than that for about three quarters when they dominated the game. They were stuffing the run. They were getting off the field on fourth down, seven tackles for loss, two takeaways, two more takeaways that were taken away from them by reviews, uh, and the Texans are down three starting offensive linemen. The only guy, really, that you have to worry about is Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. And, oh, by the way, even he's banged up a little bit. I fully expect him to play, but at left guard, you got Josh Jones, you got a center, uh, and Jarrett Patterson, who's a rookie. Maybe you can take advantage of him. Titus Howard is out in this game. Um, so I, I think there's it's definitely advantage Colt, you know, considering all the firepower they have on that defensive line, and it's it's got to be priority one, getting after C.J. Stroud, making him feel uncomfortable, 
and making him throw off-platform and throw before he wants to and hopefully give the ball to the Colts a couple of times on some takeaways. Last one from me, Matt Taylor. We have three weeks left in the MLB regular season. There are five series for the Reds left at the Mets, home against the Twins, home against the Pirates, at the Guardians, at the Cardinals. We'll be in week five of the NFL season when the MLB regular season ends. More wins for the Colts or series wins for the Reds by week five? Good God. Man, you're, you're like, you're making me, you're making me, you're splitting me right, right in half here. I feel like Mark. I'm Allen uh, from the hangover uh-huh, trying to follow uh-huh. that one. All right, give it to me one more time. Right, like that's that's an algebra question I can't follow. The the, the Reds are at the Mets this right, weekend. There, there, there's one train leaving Boston, another train leaving Los, <laughs> Los Angeles. How many apples does Janie have? Um, what? <laughs> at the Mets this weekend for the Reds. Is that a series win? Yes. Home against the Twins. Yes. Home against the Pirates. Yes. At the Guardians. No. At the Cardinals. Yes. Okay. That Matt Taylor. That optimism. So well, okay. So yeah. long story short, will the Colts have more wins by week five, or will the so the Colts would have to win wins? each of their next three, right? Yes. Uh huh. Well, that's a lot to ask. Uh huh. I'm I'm saying the Colts are going to be doing well, and the and the Reds are going to be doing well. Can I can I stop thinking about the math here? <laughs> we I need mean, the Reds. Do you need the Reds in the playoffs? Are the Reds going to make the playoffs? The Reds will make the playoffs, Ooh. and you know who you know who won't do anything in the playoffs? The Cubs. Okay. Hey, oh, Matt Taylor, thanks for joining that. us. Appreciate the time. Matt Taylor they, with the zinger they on they a might, Friday. They might make the playoffs, but they will, they will cub all over themselves uh, coming Boy, up I, in September and October. Do have to, How about that? Do you have to censor that? What was that one? <laughs> That's outstanding from Matt Taylor. I love it. Uh, I'm okay. sorry, guys. I, I, it's it's too early for me to be doing math problems. I'm I not a math guys. whiz either, but I, I was like, I'm, I'm curious. I'm doing, I'm doing this job for a reason. I was told there would be no numbers crunching here. <laughs> uh, he will be boarding a plane tomorrow afternoon to head to Houston, and again, it will be the Colts and the Texans 1 o'clock on Sunday. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Matt, thank you, and I'll uh, see you in a bit for the final practice of the week. You got it, guys. Appreciate you as always. Maybe we can do some, like, English. Maybe we can, like, like dissect a, we can do like some sentence, uh, you know, we can do some sentence. What do they call that back in the day? You have to like structure yeah, the sentence. Yeah. Well, I, expect, I, next, I was thinking some long Friday. division. We get some, a remainder going on a long division problem <laughs> if the, you're up for it. By the time we talk yeah, to you next Friday, I want a book report on war and peace, please. There you go. I'd rather do a three-page paper than do algebra. So Same there's here. no doubt. Luckily, yep. you're just talking right, in a mic on Sunday. Thank you, Matt. You got it, guys. Be well. That is Matt Taylor right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. He can disparage the the Cubs all he wants. He needs the Cubs to win this weekend. I know. I know. I know. So we're all on the same ship here this weekend, Matt Taylor. Reds and Cubs Well, you could look at it one of two ways. If all of a sudden the Cubs get swept, you're going to be sweating it out. No. No. Cubs will be fine. Cubs will be fine. I'm not worried about the Reds. You were nervous about that. Cubs are going to Cub on on themselves. I'm not by the dumb buttons. That would have been Sam Fritz's job. Uh, Sam Fritz coming up on the pop quiz, right? We've got a four-pack to uh, Stucky Farm. Yes, four-pack to Stucky Farm. And if if I'm remembering correctly, it is still a freebie Friday, right? It is still still, a freebie Friday, so Jiffy Lube oil change as well. Thank you to Jeff, owner of Stucky Farms, for that nice gesture. He just happened to be listening earlier in the show, called in, offered that up. So an outstanding way to spend a weekend or any day coming up here in this fall weather. Before we get to that, let's do a morning check down. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 
on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Thursday night football last night. It was the Eagles getting the win, the Vikings getting the backdoor cover of all covers there. 34-28. That was the final last night from Philadelphia. Pretty wild game. Uh, For those that stayed up through at least the first half, you saw the chaos around the Justin Jefferson fumble over the pylon that caused a touchback for the Mm -hmm. Eagles. They turned that into a field goal. That was a huge sequence to end the first half. Although, for the most part, in the second half, Mark, it was the Eagles in control. Yeah, just running the ball down the Vikings' throats. They they just dominated them on the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah, so Vikings fall to 0-2. They've got the Chargers next week. The Eagles go to 2-0. and And I'm forgetting who they have on, t- on next next week. You mean you don't have the Eagles or Vikings schedules? <laughs> well, I said the Vikings have the Chargers. Eagles I know that one. I don't remember who the Eagles play. The Eagles, I think, have kind of a – oh, is it Eagles-Jaguars? Is that what it is? I don't remember. Wow, the Jags go Kansas City then? Hold on. Let me find out now. It's going to drive me crazy. Eagles have the – oh, the Bucks on on the part of the double Monday night doubleheader part two. So we have back-to-back doubleheader Monday night games And all the games stink. What about Giants 49ers next Thursday? Uh, That's going to be a bloodbath. Sorry, Andy Sweeney. That is going to be a (sighs) Christian McCaffrey murder fest. Dude's just holding little gas this morning on his chest, and you're going there. Well, grab a Tums because he's going to have indigestion when he watches that game on Thursday. Because, yeah, you got Saints. This, the, the, I'm not going to lie. The first couple weeks of the of the, like, the primetime slate is pretty weak. Like, we've got Dolphins at Patriots on Sunday night. You've got Saints at Panthers and Browns at Steelers on Monday night. You've got Giants at 49ers to kick off week three on Thursday night. And then next Sunday night's. Week three's Sunday night game is Steelers at Raiders, boo. And then you've got another double Monday night header of Eagles at Bucks and Rams at Bengals. Do any of those do anything for you? Those I'm good stink. with watching Bryce Young coming up. I guess. I mean, I think you got to do a little bit of that type of stuff early on in the year. Just get that stuff out of the way. Get to the rookie quarterbacks before they whatever get hurt, get benched, et cetera, et cetera. And then move on to the games that matter. Where's Bryce Young here, though? Uh, didn't you say Panthers and Saints? No, no, no. No. Uh, for what, week three? I thought we had Panthers-Saints, Monday Night Football, this week. Is it Panthers-Saints? I thought it was Panthers. I'm sorry, yeah, it is Panthers-Saints. Yeah, that's the that's the ESPN game. But then I guess the actual Monday Night game, the one that's on ESPN and ABC, is Brown-Steelers. So is that the official yeah. Monday Night game? I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know how the crew's going to divvy up here for that one. All right, Major League Baseball from yesterday. Yeah, the Reds got absolutely dominated by the Tigers. Say that loud, say that proud. Setting up a very, very crowded wild card picture heading into the weekend. You have three teams right now tied for the third and final wild card spot. Giants, Reds, and Diamondbacks. The Giants have that tiebreaker. And if you look a half game back, it's the Miami Marlins. Um, So extremely jumbled as it has been throughout, but I would say this is one of the more jumbled times it's been all year long as we get to the back half of September and for the Cubs this weekend they have got the Diamondbacks so an important series uh, no matter what uh, for the Reds Reds fans on that and for the Cubs in Arizona as well Indianapolis Indians also uh, topped the Omaha Storm Chasers four to one as well Uh, Next week, their final home series Mm -hmm. of the year over at Victory Field. All right, Colts injury report from yesterday. The did-not-practice designation was just Quentin Nelson. Now, he was doing some stuff off to the side. Again, he left the game for three snaps on Sunday due to a toe injury. 
Um, again, there was some physical activity that he had off to the side yesterday at practice, so we'll see if he gives it a go today. If you look at Nelson's career, the only time he's missed game due to injury was back in 2021. He missed three games due to an ankle injury. That's it in his, what, six? Is this now his sixth NFL season? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Braden Smith, a full participant yesterday at practice after he didn't go on Wednesday, so a good sign there. And Zach Moss was full for a second day, so I would say things are pointing uh, good in that direction for him to make the start. And, Mark, I think something to point out about Moss, what an opportunity for him yeah. that could be on the horizon. Remember, he was just drafted one round after Jonathan Taylor. Same draft, one round after him. Never really did anything in Buffalo. Never really, you could argue, never really got the opportunity. You could say never really earned the opportunity. But if this Jonathan Taylor stuff happens all year long, or he's traded or whatever, Zach Moss might be looking at 16 games as a starting running back in a contract year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And like I said, they got no help in the running game last week. If they don't get help again this week, I could. Kareem I mean, Hunt time. Yeah, the Colts will have to have to be looking at the free agent situation there at running back Just if that's the get case. Get some competency. Because we mean, said last week, Deion Jackson, perfect opportunity. Now Zach Moss week two, perfect opportunity. Take some pressure off the rookie quarterback. Help help your guys out on the offensive line. Get some, Find some holes, run through them, gain some yardage on the ground. The Colts could would love to be more than one-dimensional against the Texans. Career-high so we'll 100-yard game for Zach Moss last year in the mm. season finale against these Texans. Same offensive line, a little bit different run scheme, obviously a different quarterback next to Moss. And then lastly, college football rundown for this weekend from a local standpoint over at Lucas Oil Stadium. It'll be Indiana with Taven Jackson officially named the starter this week. Going up against Louisville, that is a 10-point favorite for the fighting Jeff Brommers. Coming into Lucas Oil, Notre Dame and Central Michigan dial up Peacock for that one. Uh, Notre Dame a big favorite as they start to look ahead, if they can, to Ohio State a week from Saturday. And tomorrow night, the NBC night game. It's the Purdue Boilermakers off their road win in Blacksburg taking on Syracuse at ross Aid. The orange favored by two and a half last. Shouldn't the Peacock games have a Peacock at the game? Wouldn't that make a lot of sense? Like, per- if you have Notre Dame and Central Michigan, a Peacock has to, like, run out on the field. Purdue fans aren't going to love that. No, that's too bad for them. Maybe beat St. Saint- Saint Peter's then. You have an intro from the NBC um, Peacock intro. Hey, it's Jack Collinsworth on Peacock. And coming up next, we got Notre Dame Central S- Michigan. Sounded like Collinsworth's been under the weather lately. I hope well, he's Sam do- enjoyed that impression very much. I hope Jack Collinsworth's doing all right. But Mark, can I be honest with you? I haven't missed him. Yeah, not not great. I don't I don't mind Jack Collinsworth being MIA for a while. Ian Eagle's son has been the guy that they've had. I like in. him he's a lot. A nice he's job. very good. Scotty, do we know the Fox crew for this weekend? For some reason, Chris Myers is popping into my head. No, I I, I saw it, and it I is. I thought it was Chris Myers and Robert Smith. Last week, you had Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. This week, I thought that's where we were going for the Colts. Let me check. Another again. Fox game for the Colts. Uh, yeah, back-to-back. That's pretty rare these days. Colts and Texans coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock, um, so that will be on Fox. Uh, yeah, Chris Myers, Robert Smith. I don't know who their sideline reporter is. Jen Hale. Oh, okay. So that's the trio we're going to get reporter Jen Hale. Sunday at 1 o'clock. All right, on the other side, it's time for the Pop Quiz, 317-239-1070. We will do that. Thank you to Stucky Farm for a little ticket giveaway along with the Jiffy Lube oil change. We'll do that next. 
Pop quiz time on the fan. We've got a family four pack to Stucky Farms. Thank you. Thank you for that one. And we've also Jeff, got yeah, Jeff, Jeff the owner. Jeff the owner calling in and offering up a family four pack to Stucky Farms. And we've also got on a freebie Friday a free Jiffy Lube oil change up for grabs. So prizes on a Friday. What's not to love about that? Like I said, if you win the prize pack, maybe bring the family to Stucky Farms tomorrow when the college football slate is less than ideal. That is an understatement, to say the least. Get uh, some brownie points. That's what Saturday's got to be about. We have talked about it all show long. Get out of the house. Don't stay on the couch. You're going to want to be on it next Saturday, not this Saturday at all. All right, pop quiz time. As Mark said, the four-pack and then freebie Friday for the Jiffy, Jiffy Lube oil change. Uh, Mark Dyke, then the number one through eight. Ooh. Uh, well, it's a family four-pack. Let's go four. Sam Fritz, who we got? That is going to Barry. 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 What's up? What's going on, fellas? Barry, I've got a buddy that uh, is named Barry. It's Bernard on the birth certificate. What are you rocking on the birth certificate? Just plain old Barry, man. I love that. Absolutely love that. Old-fashioned. That is great. Barry, congrats on the four-pack. Congrats on the oil change. What's on the weekend docket for you? Uh, I'm at work currently, but uh, other than that, got a son's Little League baseball game Sunday. Other than that, man, I'm just going to relax. There you go. What's work, Barry? Uh, Driving a trash truck. Nice. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Are they serving walking tacos at the Little League baseball game? Uh, I don't know. The food's pretty terrible. Uh, I've never seen a walking taco there. It's like corn dogs and Big League Chew, I'd imagine. They'd oh, by the way, I bought, bubble some, tape, bought some Big League Chew at the gas station a few weeks ago. Rosie was so impressed by how big the bubbles were. Oh, yeah. Big League Chew. Outstanding. Yeah, the, corn dogs, the corn dogs taste like oil. <laughs> well, that's not ideal. <laughs> Ringing endorsement no, here. Not at all. For the, the food. The, the bubble gut special. Oh, man. <laughs> Side of Pepto-Bismol comes with that. All right, Barry. Yeah. Uh, I can't coach third base today. I'll be uh, running to the bathroom. Yeah, the portage on if you need me. Yeah. Uh, Barry, five questions. Would you like Kevin to go first, or would you like me to go first? Or like Mark Dyke? Uh, let's go KB. All right, Barry. Appreciate you calling. Notre Dame welcomes the Chippewas of Central Michigan to South Bend tomorrow in the Brian Kelly Classic. I'm joking, half joking about that. Uh, who leads the all-time series in football? Notre Dame, Central Michigan, or nobody? Because it's the first football game ever played between the two schools. Uh, Notre Dame? Oftentimes when Scotty throws these questions together, it's probably an obscure answer. Notre Dame, Central Michigan, or nobody? Because it's the first time they've ever played each other. Nobody. Yeah. Oh man. Smell that. All right. Just our Justin Jefferson had eleven receptions for 159 yards, and the Vikings lost to the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night football. In the process, Jefferson passed five thousand career receiving yards. He needed just fifty-two games to reach five thousand yards, tying the record for the fewest games needed to reach that milestone. Whose record did he tie? Was it A Lance Allworth? B, Jerry Rice, C, Randy Moss, or D, Don Hudson? I'm going to go Randy Moss. All right, number three here, Barry. The Colts travel to Houston to face the Texans on Sunday. The Texans are the youngest team in the NFL. That's by franchise years, not necessarily the ages on their roster. Playing their first game in 2002. Only two teams remain from the NFL's inaugural season in 1920. One is Mark's Bears. Name the other. 
Giants, Packers, Cardinals, or Lions? Uh, I think it's between the Packers and Lions. Let's let's go with the Lions. Barry, the answer would be this team has um, shifted to several different cities throughout their... Oh, the Cardinals. All right, Barry recovering nicely. All over that. 40 years before the Houston Texans debut, a team named the Dallas Texans won the 1962 American Football League Championship. We all remember that. Sure. By what name Great do game. we know the Dallas Texans franchise today? Dallas Texans covered in that one. I think. That's right. The Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, or the Los Angeles Chargers? I'm sorry, could you repeat that question again real Sure. Fast are you going in reverse right now, Barry? Yeah. Uh, no, the uh, the tractor where I'm at is. Okay, got it. Okay. All right, 40 years ago before the Houston Texans debut, a team named the Dallas Texans won the 1962 American Football League Championship. By what name do we now know the Houston Te- or the Dallas Texans franchise as today? Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, man. Uh, the Chargers? Okay. All right, Barry, to close it out, on this day in 1946, The Brooklyn Dodgers beat the Chicago Cubs 2-0 at Ebbets Field in a game called after five innings. Why was the game called? A, darkness, B, fog, C, bees, or D, gnats? Uh, I feel like it's bees or gnats. Let's go with the bees. Not the bees. Not the bees. Barry, do you do like residential trash pickup? Well, actually, I uh, I drive a semi, and they fill our uh, our uh, trailers full of trash, and then we dump them at the landfill. Oh, interesting. Gotcha. Wow. I was gonna ask, like, what what do you think the biggest pet peeve is in terms of how people put out their their trash trash from a residential standpoint? But I guess that doesn't really apply to you, does it? Uh, I mean, I do have one. It's batteries because they cause a lot of fires. Ooh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess that makes sense there. Yeah, I would say good to know, but I was kind of hoping we all knew that originally. All right, that was a decent effort from Barry. Barry, uh, remember, no matter what, stay on the line. you got a couple prizes coming your way. Uh, yes, Notre Dame, Central Michigan. Thankfully, this series has never happened. Uh, after a little bit of nudging, mm-hmm. uh, it is the Cardinals. Yep. Um, them and the Bears, the only two franchises still left from 1920. And was that it, Mark? Actually? I think that was it. Yes. Okay. Uh, question two: uh, Who's Jeff- Justin Jefferson tied with uh, to get to 5,000 yards with the fewest games needed? It was uh, not Randy Moss. It was Lance Allworth. Uh, also, 1962 American League Championship. What team uh, is Dallas Texans now known as today? Uh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, which I think they're on a pretty good, uh, pretty probably a better track record right now than the Dallas Texans were back in the day. And then, uh, what do you say, Bees was the uh, yeah. 1946 mm-hmm. Brooklyn Dodgers. Cubs answer, he, it was actually Nats. That could be problematic, I would say. How many Nats were there that they had to call the game? Was, was it people just, like, covered in Nats? Like, you couldn't even see the ball delivery? Like, how's yeah, that, that working? That sounds awful, to say the least. Is Justin Jefferson the best player in the NFL? He's right up there, I would say. I mean, can you imagine that Vikings offense without him? No, he, I mean they just no. throw up the ball and he just yeah, goes. T.J. Hawkinson would have to have thirty catches a game. Yeah. By the way, I love our new logo. I do too. Was that yeah. Nick? Yeah, Who I like it a lot. That? 
I like it a lot. Shout out to Nick uh, Cotton Jim for that. It is a great looking logo there. So I think what YouTube wise, you'll see the new logo and then podcast page as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, I'm sure on the website as well. So yeah, new little uh, wake up call with KB and Andy logo that is out there. So greatly appreciate that and hope you guys like looks it like, as well. Looks like a little rascal did like some like graffiti work. That's what it looks like. I think it's cool. Yeah, I like it yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of it. All right, let's do it one final time. Uh, it is myself, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykeston, Sam Fritz here. Rounding out on a Friday. All right, one final time, Eric, closing out the week. Again, for those that missed it, Andy Sweeney and his wife, Nikki, welcoming in Mason Donald Sweeney to the world on, boy, all the days start to run together, Mark. Was that Wednesday or Tuesday? No, Wednesday it's Tuesday, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday nights when he called me and said they were going in, and then Wednesday morning is when – um. Uh, Mason was born there, and sounds like things are going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, early, 35 weeks is when uh, Mason was born, so a little bit early, but sounds like mom and a uh, little gas is, uh, I'm going to call him, uh, doing outstanding. So uh, looking forward to getting Andy back. Um, we'll see when he returns, but uh, it sounds like things are going very, very well. It makes sense that uh, Andy has a lot of energy and little gas has a lot of energy, so he's like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, early. Yeah. Early. I'm going to make Boom, my appearance. here I am. What's Who'd- up? What's this? Who do the Giants have this weekend? The New York Football Giants. Uh, who do they have? They are at the Arizona Cardinals. That is, it's a crap game. You touching that line? Giants no. favored by four? No, I see it's four and a half on on what I'm looking at right now. No, I'm not touching that. I I would hope the Giants score a touchdown or at least some sort of points though in this game. Can there are some road lines that I am intrigued by for this week? First off, the Colts getting one and a half. At Houston, I mm-hmm. you know we gave our picks earlier. I've got the Colts winning by two scores. Yep. Uh, the Packers getting one and a half at Atlanta. Uh, then if you go down to the Seahawks, four and a half with the Lions. Chargers getting two and a half at the Titans. Obviously, you don't want to necessarily sprinkle all of them, but those are all somewhat intriguing to me. Yeah, uh, and then some some home dogs obviously the Jaguars being three and a half point underdogs at home against the Chiefs I know the Chiefs are the Chiefs but that wide receiver group is not very good we still don't know if Travis Kelsey is going to give it a go yet and I liked what I saw from the Jaguars in week one uh, I would kind of favor the Jaguars and the points in the, in that one if I'm being honest and uh, another one I saw the Dolphins at Patriots Dolphins are a three-point favorite on the road I don't think the Patriots I know I know it's Foxborough I know that Bill Belichick always seems to have some kind of scheme going on I don't think the Patriots offense can keep up with the Dolphins offense I think that game could be a blowout and I know that people don't like the Patriots in town but I think what we saw from Tua and Tyree Kill in week one I like a lot of what the Dolphins did and I think they're going to roll against the New England Patriots Sam Fritz you are intrigued by the Ravens Bengals yeah Baltimore Ravens Cincinnati Bengals I mean what I'm looking at the Ravens are plus three and a half and I know it was the Texans and they're not looking all that great this year but that was a pretty decisive win over the Texans Ravens definitely have potential and I think they're going up against a rattled Cincinnati Bengals coming off that Packers loss so I personally am going to probably take the Ravens to just win outright uh and you know put a little little boost behind that if I could possibly interesting interesting Burrow and company going up Oh and two. We gave our picks earlier in unison, right? Everybody was with the Colts. So uh-huh. I'll be curious to see if that's the full station. I know last week we're all in unison with Jacksville winning this one much closer to a pick 'em. Um and this one to me, again, just Houston's offensive line. There's some issues there, and I think the Colts defensive line 
uh, can rattle C.J. Stroud, should rattle C.J. Stroud. I would say the only concern I have in terms of that, I do think Baltimore's defense is much more willing to throw everything at yes. a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do the Colts fall into a little bit more of a contentment, you know, uh, aggressive nature, lack of aggressive nature with what they throw at C.J. Stroud? If you don't do a whole lot from a disguise and coverage look, does Stroud settle into a little bit more of a rhythm than he did against Baltimore? Because Gus Bradley's M.O. is not really to throw the kitchen sink at an opposing offense, but I tend to think you've got to dictate much more, especially to a rookie quarterback, especially to one that, if you look at his numbers at Ohio State, when pressure arose around him, the poise was nowhere near what it was like when things were clean. So I think that is something to keep an eye on. Though. And your final score again, we should probably go around the room again. Yeah, 20, see it. yeah 23-13. Colts, Colts win. Yep. I've got the Colts winning 24-14 against the Texans. Andy weighed in via text, and he said Colts 19, Texans 16. Not nearly as confident as Kevin and I. And Sam, who did you have? You got the Colts yeah, as well, right? Yeah, I'd say Colts sweep. probably something close to like 2017. Okay. So, yeah, all right, is it a kiss of death if we all are in agreement? Well, it wasn't the case but, last hey, week. We all, but yeah. we all had Jacksonville last week. That's right. That's right. Didn't bite us back. And so. that was a winner. Uh, weekend plans for the Dyketon household? Uh, I think we are, I'm sure, like I said, I think Saturday is going to be apple orchards and, and pumpkin patches and stuff. So I think that's what we're doing. Sam Fritz, your Roman empire. Yeah. Really just a a nice eight page paper that I'll have for you guys by Monday. (laughs) Roman empire, you know, had the downfall after Nero. It'll, It'll be a real thriller of an essay. Times new Roman font, please. I know the college football schedule coming up tomorrow is not one that has much, if at all, on it, but I am very curious to see how Indiana and Purdue respond to their respective matchups for Indiana. Again, it's Louisville over at Lucas Oil Stadium. I want to um, see the turnout for that game. Yeah, turnout. And, like, what does Taven Jackson look like? You know, I brought it up to Greg Rakestraw earlier. The state of Indiana and Indiana football as a college program, they've not had a lot of great matches from in state quarterbacks as of late. I mean, you got to yeah. go back really to when I was in college, Ben Chapel. Um, probably the only one. So Taven Jackson, a highly ranked recruit, went to Tennessee. Now he's transferring. Obviously, Trace's brother, you got all that. What does this look like now that you've committed to him? And then Purdue, certainly they were impressive uh, you know, responding to the rain delay and defensive effort much, much better in Week 2. How do they handle Syracuse in their final non-conference game of the year? Should be a fun weekend, that's for sure. Mark Dykton, thank you You're welcome. for sliding into the co-host chair. Always enjoy when uh, it is you and I uh-huh. uh, for three hours. Sam Fritz, as always, you were tremendous, so thank you for making it easy on us. We'll see when Andy comes back. Everybody enjoy the weekend. We'll be recapping, obviously, a ton on Monday. We'll see if it's the first Colts win of the season that we are recapping. Sure hope so. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in all week long.